Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty. It is Sunday, February 10th, 1.49 p.m., and I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. What's going on over there? Yeah, I'm doing well. That was a struggle after yeah, it was. what feels like a sabbatical. Yeah, I mean, we have been not really recorded a normal episode in seemingly two months or something like that, because last week, you kind of just like booted me off the show. You and Lauren <laughs> just kind of like took the reins and did your own thing. Are we still called Otaku Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to change the name up to uh, make room for Otaku Lauren. Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the the week before that was like a pre-recorded episode, I think, of Kingdom Hearts. And then before that, Lauren and I did a show. So yeah. we're back. The normal crew, we are here on a nice snowy little afternoon. Not looking forward to going back to work tomorrow, right? Yeah. That's no, the I agree. I took Friday off and yet to relax, which was really How nice. was last week, though? I mean, were you getting back into the normal time zone? and? Um, I couldn't really sleep uh, the weekend... I tried to go to bed early, but I'd wake up at like 1.30. Mm. So I did that the first half of the week. And then by Friday, I was like, you know what? I had meetings all Monday when I was going to originally take off. So took off Friday. Nice. Canceled everything. And I saw, because I checked in on my, my phone, the, the PlayStation app, and I saw that you were playing Kingdom Hearts 3 like almost. Majority of the day. Nonstop, yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff. We're going to talk about that later in the show. It's been a while since I've done a, like a, a really nice call out for questions, and the listeners came in real strong. So we got questions from the Instagrams, we got some emails uh, for for the Otaku Brothers Gmail, and we also, for the first time ever, Ryan, debut of the audio question. Ha 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 ha! Victory music. When I was listening to the All Gen Gamers podcast, uh, very often people would actually submit audio questions to the show. So. We're going to test that out today. I'm not like Jason Heine. Heine, I'm not like a audio engineer, so I'm not going to actually play it through my computer. What I'm going to do is hold up my my phone to Ryan's microphone, and hopefully the audio comes through nicely. It's the janky engineering. Yes, exactly. We are mediocre. We are subpar. That's right. We are <laughs> Welcome me- to Otago Brothers. <laughs> yep, that's right. Ryan just taking it away over there. We yeah. are mediocre pod, uh, podcasters. Okay. And uh, so, we're, yeah, so we are going to go ahead and kick this off with questions. Ryan, how can listeners write into the show? Uh, we have an email, uh, com. No, Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. See, Lauren was better at this than you are. She knows, she's, she listens. She's been on the show I, like three I times. I just know we have an email, we have a Discord, mm-hmm. we have uh, Instagram through yours, and, and a Twitter, Twitter, and all those. All those like nice little links are in the show notes to the podcast. So we have a MySpace page. We do, yeah. <laughs> it just plays our podcast intro on loop and yeah. it has pictures of Ryan. We're and... friends with Steve or mm-hmm. whoever. Oh yeah, that guy just like looking over his shoulder <laughs> yeah, in the white t shirt. The one who sold it for Tom. His name was Tom, Tom, man. Come on now. Tom Riddle. That's right. So let's get to the Instagram questions here. Um Before we do that, you know, it was an interesting week for me. Um, as I kind of pull this up here, I had to take care of my dad because he had total hip lip- hip replacement surgery last Monday. And I swear, man, I have a newfound appreciation for taking care of newborn babies because it was seriously taking care of a newborn baby uh, with Help my dad. Me. 
It really was. Vicodin. <laughs> Except he was much more um, kind about and polite about Rusty, can you come up here? As opposed to just like screaming and yelling at me and peeing all over me. Um, there was none of that going on. But I swear every morning. Because <laughs> you couldn't stand up to pee on me. <laughs> pretty much. But every morning at five o'clock, because uh, I slept downstairs and Lauren slept upstairs just because I didn't want to have to wake her up if he had needed something in the middle of the night. And so he was like sleeping on this recliner all week and he'd text me at five o'clock in the morning every day without failure. And he would say, Hey buddy, are you awake? Of course it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm not Ryan. I'm not up at that hour. And so not two minutes would go by. And then he would call me until I woke up (laughs) and he would say, Rusty, I need my cereal and I need my medication. So I'd have to get up and that's how I started my day every week. But you know what? I can't complain because he took care of me for all 18 years of my life life. before I went to college. So Anyways, good fun there. I got the questions pulled up here. Yeah, so sack it up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Get your own cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question comes in, Chronolink91, Alec, friend of the show. He says, two little fire emojis, and it says, got it memorized. <laughs> Just like uh, yeah. Axel always or says. Or Lee. Or Lee and Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, that's like his little catchphrase. He always says, got it memorized. He'd always say that to uh, Roxas and... Shion, it's not Zion, as you were saying it, for like two hours. Yeah, I also were... called the Keyblade the X-Blade, because it's the X The X is actually key. Yeah, but... Oh well, it's well. hard to distinguish when you're saying like a Keyblade versus a Keyblade. Well, one's like a Keyblade, and the other one's a Keyblade. And Alec wrote into the show, so I'm sure he like ripped us a new one. Um, X-Blade sounds cool. <laughs> this week, it does. Uh, Travis, executive producer of the show, writes in, Hardest you've laughed... In recent memory. Mm. Give me a second. Okay. For me, there's two that come to mind. One is in less fortunate circumstances. The other one was just you and I. I'll I'll tell the other one uh, first. When you and I were sitting here digesting the ridiculousness that is Kingdom Hearts lore, and you were spelling diz, you were like, (laughs) dicks? Yeah. And then you, like, paused, not knowing you just said the yeah, word. I did laugh pretty hard at that one. We were dying. Um, I was listening to that, actually, in Japan, like, just in the morning when I was doing a workout, and I was cracking up. Just, I think I texted you You about did. It. Yeah, you did text me. Um, but anyways, the other one is less fortunate. So it's been a hell of a week. But my uncle, my, my mom's brother, uh, lost his battle with cancer, not today, but a week from today, or a week ago from today, last Sunday. And, um, so Lauren and I drove up North for the memorial service yesterday. And of course, funerals are never fun. It's always very somber and just not a good time. People are crying and all that good, not good stuff, bad stuff. Well, my cousin, after my, my, uh, my other uncle had kind of given the eulogy and talked about, um, kind of Mike's, my uncle Mike's last days and all that kind of stuff. He kind of opened the floor for other people to get up and kind of share stories. And so my cousin, Joey, who's just hilarious, um, when Lauren and I kissed, actually, um, you know, when they pronounced us husband and wife during our wedding, he was in the front row and after Lauren and I kissed. Of course, people were clapping, but he's just like, before we start, anyone started clapping, he's just like, hello, you know, just to <laughs> kind of break the ice. He's just as Italian as Italians come. So he gets yeah. up and he's like talking a little bit and he's getting a little emotional talking about um, how his father was never like a prominent role in his life. And my Uncle Mike and my Uncle Rick were kind of like father figures for both him and my other cousin, um, Mark. And so he's kind of getting all teary-eyed and everything. But as he always does, he breaks the ice with 
just some ridiculous, hilarious joke. And he says, and Uncle Mike also taught us to get a lighter, put it under our ass and blow a fart. And it was like, seriously, like would blow a flame, like three or four feet. So of course, everyone just like busted out laughing and I was just laughing hysterically. So that was hilarious, especially in a, in a moment where everyone's like on the verge of tears and everything like that. Yeah. That was pretty good. Usually I think Dix was the, uh, that was pretty funny. I was watching something uh, probably yesterday and it was just like a bunch of snippets of like videos. And one of the like shorts was like, shit or get off the pot. What if I told you there's a third option? Welcome to a really weird seminar. <laughs> and it was just like... <laughs> That's the opening monologue? Yeah. And it was just so like <laughs> self-aware that it was like, what? And I was just, I lost it for a while. That's pretty good. It was just, it makes you think it's like, what? Like what kind of thing is going to follow that? Yeah. I think I like to watch like VR fails and like fail oh, videos. Yeah. Of, I think you showed me that like a couple weeks they ago. They freak out or they're just like screaming or there's one... Um, like a dude is in a store and is like he's standing up looking at this VR thing and his friend comes up behind him because it's a roller coaster and like pushes him forward and it's just him flailing around screaming in the mall. Yeah. And it's like the security comes and they're like trying to help him off. <laughs> and it just oh it's hilarious. Yeah. I think it's the yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, Travis also writes in something that makes you laugh that others don't appreciate. He says he likes Mr. Bean. Yeah, I never got into Mr. Bean. Um, I think he's actually an electric... He got his master's in electrical engineering. Really? So he's actually pretty intelligent. Hmm. And his daughter is very attractive. Oh, really? Yeah, he's such he, a, he looks like a goof. He but, really is, yeah. looks like such a goofball, yeah. Um, I don't know. People getting hurt. Wow. I like the pain of others. I like other people emotionally scarred and yeah. just crying. No. Wow. Ryan's a good Your person. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it's, it's hilarious because... We can empathize with that, like, pain. Um, and you're not talking about, like, and we should clarify no, it's like, here. Oh, he got his arm chopped off. <laughs> 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 Look at all that blood. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty much like... Um, <laughs> that was a sick laugh. <laughs> I know it was. No, it's, you know, like, people falling off a skateboard and, like, hitting themselves in the yeah. crotch. Or, uh-huh. like, just screwing up royally and, like, hitting themselves on the fan or, like... That kind of stuff is entertaining because we can like empathize with that pain or that moment because everyone's done stupid stuff. Like yeah, that. of course. But yeah, okay. it makes you yeah the pain of others. Uh, for me, hmm, this is tough. I I mean I'd have to think about this, and I'm sure like I'll I'll shout something in my sleep tonight when I actually have the the real thing that would come to mind. But early Simpsons, I like the first like. Even the first season of The Simpsons, it's so poorly animated because it was from, like, the late, late 80s, early 90s. Um, I just think the writing is genius. Same thing with early Family Guy. Like, the first two, three seasons of Family Guy, I think, is just terrific. Because it wasn't as poking fun at, like, politics and, like, the current state of things in the world. It was more just, like, very clever, witty stuff that I thought was just hilarious. And um, I think a lot of people kind of overlook it because it is so poorly animated and kind of just seems antiquated by today's standards or whatever. So you do not like political humor? No, I like it, but I, I like just kind of the cleverness that's very original. Like, yeah. they don't need Trump to, like, shoehorn Trump jokes into the show because, oh, well, Trump's president. Like, it was just very original yeah. ideas. And so I, I like that. I mean, sure, certainly political humor and and making fun of celebrities and things like that because, like, 
Have South Park did stuff about Paris Hilton and whatever. Like that that stuff is is funny. Have you seen like, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? No. I think that's something. They go into like banking. Okay. And they make banking hilarious. Or they go into like dams or like the failing infrastructure. And you're like, this is not gonna be funny, but it's actually hilarious. Nice. John Al- John Oliver, I think he's the one that's voicing Zazu in the new line. Yeah, movie. I think you said it on the John Stewart show as like a I don't know, commentator or something. Oh, really? Yeah. He kind of announced it publicly. Or he was like one of those like, and now we turn to whatever, who did mm-hmm. like story and whatever, and then they pulled John Oliver in. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is a really interesting question from Travis. This this could be a podcast on, in and on, on itself. Um, rather have further study into space exploration or ocean exploration. Mm-hmm. Like my immediate thought is definitely space just because there are so many unknowns but even the ocean, like the Marianas Trench, like there's just so much down there that we've yet to know about, explore, identify. That's fascinating to me. I love like reading reports about just like really bizarre, unidentified fish on the shores of Japan or something like that. Yeah. That are just like, is this like an alien? Is this? And I think it's, again, I don't claim to know a whole lot about global warming and stuff like that. But what I do know is that a lot of the stuff like, in Antarctica is melting. Like, a lot of those glaciers and things like that. And in other parts of the world, if that stuff continues to melt, like, who's to say there isn't, like, some freaking Tyrannosaurus Rex that's going to, like, float on shore somewhere? Yeah, and then we can have Jurassic Park. Yeah. We yeah. can re- reincarnate dinosaurs. I can have velociraptors running around. Dude, that'd be amazing. Little ones from... What always terrified me as a kid was the uh, the little velociraptor things in number two that ate the girl, girl. at the very beginning. Because <laughs> yeah. you kept like, feeding them, like, bread or something. And, like, oh, like, oh, oh, and then it, like, ate her. And then the parents come over. Or, it, like, when he goes, the dude takes a leak in the river and then hit, the oh, dude yeah. was like, oh, yeah, wait for me. And he has his headphones on and then he gets eaten by those things. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, blood going down the stream. That freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. Because I probably watched it way too young. Um, As much as I find, like deep ocean fascinating and like how the pressure of the ocean can crush a pressure like a deep pressurized sub into like a can yeah i think space is vastly it's we know more about the ocean than we do space definitely and to be able to travel through space i mean there there's no way in the next couple hundred years that we're going to be able to get outside of our galaxy Mm -hmm. i mean because our galaxy is freaking massive. Yeah. But to be able to explore and understand black holes, like dying stars, that kind of stuff fascinates me. Well, and the fact that like light that's like millions and millions and millions of years in the distance like hasn't reached us yet. Like that kind of stuff is just so... Well, the light, the stars that are millions of light years away, those stars are potentially dead. Yeah. Which like is... we're seeing just an instant before it dies. Like, or... like our minds can't even like really... This podcast. Like I said, like we can talk about this kind of stuff like for days. Let's get some crack and then we can talk about dying stars. I was about to say, I need like a bottle of scotch or something like that if we're going to talk about like... What do you think of white dwarfs? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I think that's a fascinating subject and something that we could... uh, If you guys want us to just derail and do a complete episode about... Event horizons. Space and and just... Center of black holes. I mean, why not? White holes. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a fun all little, the holes. a fun episode, um, but we're not going to do that now. We're going to continue to talk about video games. Kingdom, I would love to talk about space, Kingdom Hearts, and all that fun stuff. 
Question number one, again, comes in from executive producer of the show. He outdid himself this week. Travis, he says, actually, I'm going to pull up my computer, not my phone. Give me a second here, folks. The subject line is, been a while since I've sent a book. So, Travis, thank you for uh, yeah. writing in. He says, hi there, boys. It's been a while since I've written in, and I've been playing loads of PS4 since then. Cool. I played through the new Spider-Man first, and boy, was that a blast. I saw you were playing Uncharted 4 as well. Yes. He says they perfectly captured web-slinging, and the story is fantastic, too. You get to play as some of the secondary characters during missions as well, and it adds a fun dynamic and way of experiencing the story. I'll definitely be picking it up, uh, or picking this one back up throughout the years to just swing around. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he says, courtesy of Rusty, I've been playing through Uncharted 4 now. Thanks to him and Lauren for braving the roads to uh, North Ariador. Because <laughs> that's where he lives, by the way. What can I say? It's truly the swan song they promised. He says, I'm currently exploring the ruined clock tower in Madagascar, chapter 11, and it's been such a wild ride until this point. The nostalgia for the past games is huge right out of the gate. Uh, spoilerish comments, but here goes. So if you haven't played Uncharted 4, you've been warned. I think we spoiled it episode one. <laughs> I think we did, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The scene, in, the scene in the attic with all of the memorabilia from 1 to 3, catching up with Sam and letting the player choose um, which game to tell him about, about, fantastic. He says, I'm going to play through God of War 4 next and cap off my top three reasons to buy a PS4 trilogy. From there, loads more. I definitely want to play through The Last of Us, Shadow of Mordor, Bloodborne, and Infamous Second Son, to name a handful. I'm also looking forward to jumping into the Breath of the Wild once Rusty ventures in. He said, it's been about two years now since I've explored that ridiculously vast world, and I've been itching to jump back in. I know Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda, but I don't think I want to play another Zelda again unless it's like Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Now on to some questions. You can have my Lord of the Rings, uh, Mordor, the first one, if you want it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I'm not going to play it. Too hard for you? God, I'm such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you are, man. No, I, I could not get into it. Yeah. Like... As much as I like this nemesis system, I'd go in, I have zero abilities, I'd try to train up and get some abilities and things, and then I got killed by, like, three, what, captains lieutenants or something, or something yeah. that just pop out of nowhere. I'm trying to kill one captain, because I'm like, oh, cool, I might get some stuff. And then I get swarmed by just everyone. Like, yeah. freaking Nazgul's and shit. It's pretty intense, and it definitely takes some some patience in getting used to like the fighting mechanics and being able to parry... And it's it's such a beautiful game because, like, by the end and even, like, halfway through, once you're able to kind of perfect um, the parry system and when you have, like, a horde of people surrounding you, man, the fighting in is just – it's so well-balanced even if it is a little overwhelming at times and it's just so satisfying. No, I know. I watched you play it and it looked awesome and the Nazgul armor and, like, all the ones in the second game. Mm-hmm. I just – I have not found it the way. Then The Witcher. I've never gotten into that one. Yeah, I definitely want to play The Witcher this year. Possibly. I might borrow your copy. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he gets into the questions here. He says, what's your favorite Uncharted between one and three? And which part was your favorite? Gosh, hmm. it's been a while. Yeah. The second part to that question, which part was your favorite, is going to be tough for me to answer. I think I'd rank them, um, if I'm ranking you know, one through four, I would say it's four, number two, number three, and then number one. Um, but of the, the original trilogy there, I would say that two is definitely my favorite. That's um, the one with those, you go into Von Hala or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, Von Hala is I think like so. afterlife of the Nords. What is it? You go into... Well, there's like that Shit. Arctic 
area where there's like all those like crazy ridiculous. Yeah, and then you go into abominable snowman dudes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one. What was the third one? The third one's kind of like there's the desert area. Remember, um, you're like on a plane that like crashes into like the Sahara Desert, and then you're like a- want like aimlessly wandering through the desert and stuff like that. There's the blonde haired chick that's like the the net, uh, the villain in that game. It's been a while. I remember liking three, um, and then two, and then one. See, for me, three was just like I felt like there were like too many grenades. I felt like the controls were a little too floaty at times. Um, it's an outstanding game. I still probably nine nine five, but there were just some like little nuances that I had that were just nit- I-, I don't know. I had issues with it. Well, I mean, I, really, I liked them all. Um, I remember playing the first one. I think I already said this on here, but my dad was. We lost cable for some whatever reason because of the power or something. And we were playing because it was out for like a day. I was playing it through Uncharted and he was watching me play through it. And it's my first time exploring and it's it was like a tropical scaling buildings. And yeah, it, it's such a unique game play mm-hmm. kind of style. No, it definitely um, is. I, I just remember the second one. There was this boss on the train. Do you remember that? Well, I do remember the train scene. It's kind of like one of the most iconic moments in the series where um, the very beginning of the game, because the kind of the beginning of every Uncharted game, it starts off, Nate finds himself in some ridiculously chaotic situation, but then you work yourself up to that part in the story yeah. later on. And so in the beginning of that game, you're kind of like scaling this train. He like wakes up because he's like unconscious and he's at the very bottom of the train laying on glass and he's looking like down a cliff in like the middle of some Arctic like the Jurassic park scene. Yeah, where they're in the exactly car. like that. And so he kind of has to climb up this ridiculous train. It ends up falling of course. And then he's just like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. I remember when you're actually on the train before it derails and everything, there was this boss that I found really difficult. He was like, basically you are going down a train car and this dude has this really high powered, machine gun or something i think yeah i do and and i raged because i died like four times it was tough there's a lot of tough bosses in that game um i never played on the hardest difficulty i think i just played on normal um but they're just outstanding games i love like going off the beaten path and looking for all the like hidden treasures Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then they're they're really like unique because all of them once you pick them up you kind of can kind of zoom in and rotate the item and everything and it has like a little backstory to it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um but to answer (laughs) favorite moment to get to the heart of the question two is my favorite out of those three my favorite moment again i could talk about four all day but one through three it's it's been a while since i've played through all of those well i think my favorite moment has to do with the relationship between nate and the girl elena elena mm-hmm. um so the first one you meet her you basically take her boat and she's the photographer the second one you're with like this black-haired girl chloe chloe yeah sure and like it's confused on where you fall but there's still that like sexual tension Mm -hmm. and like towards the end basically you had broke up with elena and at the very end of it it's you kind of walking away with her and saying hey i'll give this up for you yeah and it's that progression between you and her over three games that then becomes more solidified coming into the fourth absolutely so that end kind of you walking away with elena and sully kind of flying out of whatever happens in three is probably my favorite. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think just the character building in that game is is really unmatched, I feel. Yeah, I think. I mean, Sully, I think he said, like, don't be an idiot. 
come on. Go get She's the right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're not going to find anyone like her kind of thing who's willing to go on your stupid adventures, I think. So, Travis, to answer your question, it's not one moment. It's a collection of moments through all three It's about games. the love. <laughs> uh, question number two. He says, what was your first memory of a game landscape making your jaw drop? Your childhood equivalent to what you're getting now. With Kingdom Hearts 3, I assume, is what he's alluding to there. Um, wow. What? A gaming landscape that made my jaw drop. Hmm. Oblivion. Yeah? Mine would have to be Oblivion. Cause I That's never, a really good one. Yeah. I didn't do anything that large scale, and I didn't play Ocarina of Time, which would have been the first like big landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, playing uh, Kingdom Hearts, the maps, the original, were pretty small scale. It's really the open map of Oblivion that... Re- kind of got me kind of was like holy crap and then you go into all the portals the oblivion gates and you're scaling all these things and you can summon alligators Mm -hmm. and it's just the vast contrast between like seer is it cyrodiil i think so Mm -hmm. that main city um coming out of underneath in the dungeons and then being able to just warp into this hell landscape Mm -hmm. it was really cool that's a good that's a really good one I'd agree with that. Another, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people that grew up in the 90s, they may say like Ocarina of Time, but a large part of my childhood was more watching my uncle play that than it was me kind of at the... The helm. Yeah, of the controller. So I wouldn't say that. I would say Oblivion's a really good one. Another one that comes to mind, though, because I've told this story a dozen times on the show, is getting Return of the King for Christmas. And I think that opening battle of Helm's Deep when you get to play as Gandalf was just so special because like... You always, at least for me personally, have always wished to play a game where it's it's almost like the battle of, of Minas Tirith where you just have like two waves of people just clashing. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be an old man with a staff. Well, no, but I'm talking about like just charging towards another army of people with just a sword and a bow and arrow and just like yeah. fighting on a giant battlefield. And for me, that kind of captured the essence of that dream yeah um especially just because it was on the um just before the movie had come out and i wanted the game but my mom told me it wasn't gonna happen you know i've told the story a dozen times so that's a big one for me oblivion's a great one um hmm Hmm. do you ever play morrowind i have it i've never played it okay that's an old one i think they remastered it Mm -hmm. or at least on the computer they upgraded all the graphics yeah i feel like i have to like look at my video game collection just to like kind of Sift through I'm all my to think games. Childhood wise, it, I mean, anything more recent isn't technically childhood. Mm-hmm. I think Oblivion would. Have yeah, to that's be. a great one. Yeah. Question number 102 three. Hundred and two Dalmatians oh, uh, on the Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah. Uh, given the jump in gaming quality, story, art design, acting, not to mention graphics, recently, he says, "What do you think we can expect once PS Five rolls around? Do you think we're just keeping we just keep edging closer to full interactive cinema?" Or will there be an innovation to take gaming in a different direction? He said, thanks for doing what you do, Travis. No. Oh. Thanks for doing what you do, Travis. Yeah, with all your questions and yeah. books. We, we appreciate it. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Can you reread it? Yeah, given the jump in game quality and then parentheses, story, art design, acting, mm-hmm. not to mention graphics, what do you think we can expect once PS5 rolls around? Okay. Are we changing the genre? Are we keeping on the same course? Um, I think... PS5 is going to... VR is a big thing now. 
and it's it's still at its infancy. So I think just PS4 doesn't have anything VR related. It's like the Oculus or PSVR is a thing. Yeah, PS4 VR is. Mm-hmm. I think well, watching the games translate to it, like Fallout 4 VR, I heard was shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Skyrim, it's just the quality of the VR and that translating those scenes made. I'm guessing they're going to be specific games for VR only. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be more of a thing. Very um, much like, uh, you know, like 3D movies, I would say like 10 years ago. Like, there were some movies that, like, Avatar was produced with 3D in mind. Mm-hmm. But then there was movies like Journey to the Center of the Earth with Brendan Fraser, where they kind of just shoehorned some 3D elements into yeah. it. Um, That's kind of what it feels like now. Yeah. It's, it's not, they're not made with VR in mind. And there are some games that are I've heard are really good, like um, Astrobot came out last year. It's kind of like a 3D platformer. Yeah. It's supposed to be outstanding um, VR game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would get motion sickness, but, I mean, you can only do so much with graphics bef- bet- before our eyes are the limiting factor or the bottleneck to that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really has to be storytelling, the computing power to allow us to do bigger levels, um, I think Kingdom Hearts, this newest one, is an example of the, I guess, the height of levels and being able to explore. Yeah. It's not so much, I mean, you can pump up those graphics, but you it's a stylistic game opposed to, I don't know, meant to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the size, the verticality that are going to be important. And then also being enough computing powder, power and memory to each of those discs to have longer drawn out stories that are more complex. Yeah. I think the storytelling is a big thing. I mean, I don't really care how great your game looks if it's not fun to play and it's not, the story is not told well. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any interest in it. And at the same time, like not every game is going to be story driven. Um, not every game that comes out, is going to be uncharted in the last of us. Um, but even like, like sports games, I think like I have Madden 19. I think it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the, the motion of some of the characters like, if you catch a ball, like, when you're near out of bounds, like, the, the player, when you control him, doesn't shift well. He's, like, very, like, janky and blocky. Like, yeah. he won't just make a tight turn. It's almost, like, impossible to keep him from running out of the sideline. So, like, there's just certain, like, little things like that that I think they're going to continue to perfect the moving into the next generation of consoles. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I think just... Um, I, mean, I think just the speed. Like, I just think um, something that we'll talk about with Kingdom Hearts 3, like... When I was in Twilight Town, when you went from the main area to the forest to the old mansion, there was loading screens between each of those areas. But here, there was no loading screens. It was all one open environment that you seamlessly transitioned through without any breaks or lulls in the gameplay. Yeah. Now, granted, when you when you um, like fast traveled from one save point to the other, one of my, one of my grapes actually is the loading times because I feel like it is a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not too terribly long, but it's it's a number of seconds. But I think what they've been able to do when you're walking from one area to the next with no loading times whatsoever, even in Dragon Quest Eleven, when you were um, when you opened doors to go into buildings and you just opened up the door and you went in and there was no break in gameplay, like yeah. that type of stuff is what's going to continue to be perfected. I think moving to the next generation and what's it's what I'm most excited about um, because graphics. I feel like we're already in a good place with the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, I think, was a little underwhelming from the PS2 era. I don't know. I didn't see, like, a a vastly significant jump there. I mean, the games like Uncharted, I think, were beautiful and were very impressive. 
Um, but I, I think, think towards the end of its life cycle, it became definitely. more impressive. But hopping, there's a big jump between PS3 and PS4. Yeah, and no, I'm, I think I'm so. hoping there's they continue and at least increase more so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're gonna make 4K specific games, but I think that's something that they could do. Definitely, yeah. Because um, it's it's compatible with a player, but. I was talking to my coworker Steve, and he was saying that basically you can't play like my Logan 4K disc on a PS4 Pro. Like you have to buy a specific burner or a player for that disc. Oh, really? The PS4 Pro doesn't play it. Huh? It only has the ability to stream 4K. Interesting. And which you don't have really a... pisses me off. Yeah. So I can't really... watch my 4K disc of like Infinity War or that kind of stuff without buying a sixty dollar player that's kind of bs because i mean because they marketed it as being able to play 4k it's no it's really you can stream 4k or if the graphics of a cartridge have the ability to play 4k hmm, that's so interesting hopefully it becomes a thing because now that's the new hyped instead of blu-ray or hd now they the next ps5 can play actual discs i think it will because i mean you look at historically with the ps2 could play dvds i mean more people had ps2s in their houses than dvd players just because it was cheaper that's why i bought a ps3 originally because i need a blu-ray player. exactly and it's the same thing because blu-ray players were like astronomically expensive yeah. but comparably i mean or comparably i guess the ps3 at the in, back in the day wasn't very inexpensive being like $600 for like a 60 gigabyte yeah. system or 80 gigabyte, whatever it was. But in any case, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the next generation. I think with Sony skipping E3 this year, which was kind of really hot news um, when it was first announced, um, I think they're going to be just taking time to uh, work on the next generation of consoles. And I think at whatever it is in December, it's December, it's some kind of Sony thing that they have where they showcase their games and whatever mm-hmm. i think they're probably going to showcase the ps5 then or like early january next year um they're gonna- getting to that time where we should be seeing some one commercials for star wars and two yeah what the hell is wrong with what's going on there we need, <laughs> we'll get into that you know what let's just talk about that right now um well i'll finish my thought about the ps5 i think that we're going to get a um I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably going to debut with a console. I think that's going to be kind of like one of their biggest system sellers. Um, I'd like for Elder Scrolls VI to be available, but I think that's like a 2021 game. I think I hopefully it's 22 or 23 and Bethesda redoes their engine completely. Yeah, that's probably Because if they're going to bastardize this old engine that's 20 years old, I'm going to be thoroughly pissed. Yeah, don't half-ass Elder Scrolls. Yeah, you can shit all over Fallout because no one cares about it. Yeah. And actually, so what I was been doing is, not to like get on a tangent, but Fallout... This episode, or this, this podcast is built on tangents. Yeah, right? that's true. That's our best quality. <laughs> Fallout 76, I, I was watching a lot of Rust videos. Have you heard of Rust? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. So Pete and Jason Heine like, dedicated like an entire episode to just geeking out about that game. Yeah, I've been watching those videos... And looking at Fallout 76, it's kind of probably what they wanted it to be, but they just suck Mm because they've never done like multiplayer online. But it's such an interesting concept. You start out as a naked dude with a rock and then you can go up and like... Like prehistoric times? Is it... No, that is um, Ark something. Oh, Ark Survival. Survival. Yeah. I want to play that. That's where you train dinosaurs and shit. I want to play that. 
I've heard it's like super janky and glitchy, but yeah, I kind of want to play that. I'm game for riding dinosaurs <laughs> yeah, and things. That looks awesome. But this one's you're naked, and um, you get a rock, you get resources, create a bow, you loot things, and it's everyone just trying to kill each other. And then you raid bases that people make, have all their resources. Okay. It's kind of, what is it? Um, what was that game where you start over each time you die? Oh, okay, so Dead Cells. It's a roguelike. Roguelike, yeah. yeah. It's essentially because you get raided, you can be raided overnight. Uh-huh. It's essentially a roguelike. Okay, it's, that's what I, I, I remember, yeah, them speaking about it. I might go back and listen to that episode tonight, because I've been... It's worth watching. I watched one where they just bait, like raided the giant Chinese clan. Okay. And like it's this huge base, and they're like making ladders, and they're like breaking through walls with rocket launchers and getting all these resources. It was pretty cool. Nice. And so this is, I think, a PC-exclusive game. PC, uh, no, I think it's also on PS4 and 360. Really? Hold on, I'm going to check this so. out. Rust. Um, game. Could be wrong. I know another game I was looking at was Apex, which is PS4, 360, and PC. Okay, so it's on um, Microsoft Windows, Linux, Mac. So PC. And just PC, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Apex was the new. Um, oh, Apex Legends, like like, yeah, well, what is that? That is that okay, like a new so, Fortnite game? So Fortnite, it's the same style except it's made by the people who it's a, pre, or not a predecessor, a sequel to Fallout or Titanfall two. It's oh, made the that's same right. people. The same people. So it's now not... you have a squad of you and three other people, and it's the same style as Fortnite except it's, I think it overtook Fortnite. So it's really solid gameplay. The stat I read was that. Within like three days or something like that, they had like 15 million people pl- or something. They had X number of people playing it that took Fortnite like three months or something like that. Yeah, to to and that number. they did zero marketing for it because like one of the things that they put out was, yeah, we're uh, we're going to have loot boxes in it and it's under the EA title. We're not going to have a PR disaster. We're just not going to market this game. We're going to release it. It's free to play. Well, that was the thing. Like. I, I was on... It's ga- all cosmetic. I, like, signed in... I don't sign in, but I, I went to GameInformer.com, like, on Thursday or Friday, and, like, Apex Legends gameplay today, like, was, the, like, the front thing, and then there were, like, reviews all over the internet, and then everyone on Twitter's talking about it, and I was just like, do, was I supposed... Like, was I privy to the information that this game was, like, coming out today? Like, I had no idea. Yeah, they... Uh, I was watching videos on it, and there's two characters that you can unlock. You can either buy them or you can unlock them, and they said that it's a reasonable amount of time to unlock them. And the rest are loot boxes or cosmetic items, all earnable through just gameplay. Okay, interesting. But they said it's... What's that one Blizzard game, Overwatch? Mm -hmm. It's somewhat inspired, like, classes. So um, where you have, like, a wraith that can make portals and you can teleport between them and that kind of stuff. And is it free to play? Yeah, free to play. We should check that out, too. Yeah. They said if you... If you're not, if you never got into Fortnite and things, the maps and everything are really well done on here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll check that out. Good stuff. Um, what were we talking about originally? Um, New consoles. Something right? like that. Yeah. Thanks for writing in, Travis. We got another question here from Chronolink9. Alec, ready to rip us a new one about Let me grab coffee. destroying the Kingdom Hearts lore. Okay. He says, okay, so he, he sent an audio question. So I don't know if we should do this first because he says, enjoy the audio question. Okay. So Ryan's getting some coffee, folks. Um, I was drinking some Stash Premium Tea. Peppermint flavored. 
non-caffeinated, mm-hmm. out of my little Dragon Quest mug that Lauren got me for, for me in Japan. Nice. Um, really nice. Let me grab my phone, and we're going to play this, like I said earlier in the episode, through my phone, through uh, Ryan's mic. I'm being want- replaced by an audio question. <laughs> Do you want uh, any creamer? Mm-mm. Got some it black. fresh new uh, French vanilla. Okay, so click that little button there. Uh, let's make sure the volume's good. This is like janky. Just starts yelling profanities. Probably. This one? Alex, not that type of guy. Oh, shit. I am. Hey, guys. Cornelik9, D1 here. <laughs> or Alec. <laughs> Cornelik9, Cornelik91, Alec. All the names. Anyways, here we talk about Kingdom Hearts, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, all things like Disney and Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. um, and wow, what a, what a journey it has been to get here, huh? Uh, I didn't play the first Kingdom Hearts till like t- 2010 um, and played a lot of them throughout college. I think, I think I basically played through every single game in my whole college during my college years um, replayed almost every single one with HD collections um, it's a series that means an awful lot to me um, as convoluted as the story is and no I'm not going to correct you guys on your <laughs> on your um, uh, episode that you did but um, from the story to the music to the worlds to gameplay is really great uh, oh no shit what Unlock it, it because it's, it's like three minutes long. So, okay. Oh, I've been just enjoying the crap out of Kingdom Hearts three. It's an incredible game, and really get to hand it to them. Um, my expectations were definitely pretty sky high, and they have exceeded them, which is a stunning achievement, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, my question to you guys: What would be one? If you can't will it down to one, maybe just a handful of Disney worlds that you want in a future game, and maybe some Disney worlds or Disney properties that you don't want in the future. I know for me, in the do want would be like Wreck It Ralph, uh, Brave, The Incredibles. You know, some of the Pixar stuff that was wasn't in this game. Um, some that don't. Please leave Marvel out of it, and please leave Star Wars out of it. Um, I know Marvel I could probably be convinced but Star Wars is like a hard no for me the more when I initially thought of like oh Star Wars that'd be great the more I thought about it the more I just did not like it I I, in fact I just detest the idea now I really don't want like (laughs) Sora Donald and Goofy with Keyblade lightsabers interacting with like Darth Vader or like Luke it just it just is more uncomfortable the more I think about it, it's almost embarrassing. Actually, is what I would is what I would classify it as. But anyway, uh, I will be doing writing down some questions too because it's already going long enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, wow, uh, what a what a ride it's been playing through this game. Um, I'm not finished yet, so I'm definitely going to be skipping over the spoiler part of your podcast. I've only made it through uh, Arendelle, so mm, okay, um, okay. but uh, enjoying. All these moments, all of this whole game is just like a giant love letter to this to fans of this franchise. I think so. Um, really can't wait to see what else it has in store. So, anyways, guys, good luck. Keep up the awesome work, and uh, catch you some other time. 
Bye. Wow. Well, I don't think we could actually articulate any better our thoughts about Kingdom Hearts 3 than Alex just did. So I want to thank you all for listening to episode 32 of Otaku Brothers. I'm just kidding. We're, we, that, we were going to keep going. Um, I was like, okay, I guess it's good to go home early. <laughs> no, but yeah, I just want to echo everything that Alex said. And uh-huh. uh, Alex is a good friend, actually. I've known him since 2010, I think, uh, because of the Pete's Game Room community uh, and the All Gen Gamers podcast and all that fun stuff. So Alec, thank you for listening to the show. Thanks for all the support. But as far as getting to kind of the root of this question as, uh, you know, some worlds that we want to see, worlds that we don't want to see. Um, we should also say, after this point, if you haven't completed Kingdom Hearts 3, you should probably wait to a later date when it's completed. Because we are going to spoil stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're probably not going to spoil stuff for a while. Um, okay, so I won't spoil stuff for a while. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure there's a hard warning when we really okay. kind of dive deep into... Because I, I do want to kind of explore some of uh, Alex's questions here. Uh, first impressions that we had, and then I just kind of jotted down as I was playing throughout the game. Um, lots of like little things that really stood out to me and just brought a smile to my face, cried a few times. We'll get to all that later. But um, yeah, there'll definitely be a hard warning when Ryan and I get into uh, the spoilers. So if you're still listening and you're playing through Kingdom Hearts 3, you haven't finished, don't worry. I'll make sure that you're aware when we're going to d- dive deep into that kind of yeah. stuff. But anyways, so worlds that I really want to see, I would echo Wreck-It Ralph. Um, yes. Him being... Um, a possible summon in this game was kind of, I thought, um, not laughable, but when I summoned him, there were like blocks that you were stacking and I had absolutely no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Um, have you, have you tried to summon him? I, yeah, I did summon him once. I didn't really use summons a lot. I I used them like maybe three or four times. Yeah. Because instead of going and using your super abilities or whatever, your triangles, you had to go down like three menus and then click which one you wanted. And in the heat of combat, it's really hard to articulate that when you're trying to find, unless you quick bar it, mm-hmm. which I did not. I didn't either. I felt no need to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a desire to do that because I felt like all the other stuff that you were doing in combat when you were either summoning one of the many attractions in this game, which um, if you've not played it or you are playing it, uh, one of the things that you can do is after you've had so many successful attacks on enemies, you kind of build up this meter that'll unlock some of your special abilities that you can activate by pressing triangle. And, and some of those, um, when they're not Keyblade specific to kind of, um, for, for a, a short amount of time, you'll kind of upgrade your Keyblade. So for the, uh, the Keyblade that you get in Monsters, Inc., you know, it turns into like these two claws that you just like are super quick and just like ripping um, all the enemies apart. Or if you have the Keyblade from the Toy Story world, it, you can like summon a giant hammer and just kind of like wreck havoc on people. Yeah, like really a gravity cool. hammer from Halo. Yeah. Um, Wait, which one did you complete the game with? I used the Monsters Inc. one. I did. Okay. Same. And I went back to now that I'm grinding and going through all the battle gates. The Tangled? Um, no, I'm not using Tangled one. I'm using the, um, the Toy Story one again. Okay. So I used the Toy Story one for most of the game. And then once I finally activated the Monsters, Inc. one, I was just like, I can't go back now. So did you level it all the way up? I leveled up Toy Story, um, Monsters, Inc., Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. I think just those three. And I think those are the three that I have equipped. Okay, so all the way to the, like, max level. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'd like to do for for all of them, but that'd probably take some time. Uh, no, so actually, you can get all the upgrade materials through the meteors, or the uh, asteroids. Oh, so if you and just the drive ship. through and like right outside the final area, final world, mm-hmm. there's an asteroids and you can get the highest level of upgrade material. Oh, nice. So like adamantium or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Damascus is in some other meteor areas. Okay. And then like the first set of worlds, you can get the fluorite or whatever. Yeah, whatever you need. Fluoride okay. rinse. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad you laughed at that. I was like, took me a second. Does, does he brush his teeth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does he use fluoride? <laughs> um. Anyways, so kind of yeah. But the other piece to to combat is is summoning these um, like Walt Disney World attractions. So you have like um, what is it called? Like a carousel. When you yeah. have like those little horses that kind of go up and down. Carousel. Uh, which I didn't know how to, I didn't understand how to use at the first. first time I was like, what? I'm too slow. I'm too fast. What the hell is going on? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand that there was like this little light, like kind of like pulsating out that you yeah. kind of had to time perfectly to get like these excellence or whatever. Um, but then you also have this, this little ride where you have like these little ray guns that you just kind of put on like these really neat little goggles and you, Donald and Goofy are just like shooting these little ray guns at everyone. I did that. I love those rides where yeah. you get like a gun and you get to shoot things that pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, like Universal Studios has a men in black one. Where, That's amazing. And you get to shoot like monsters that pop down from the ceiling, mm-hmm. like Will Smith's at like original thing <laughs> that was amazing was, and, and will smith he's like he like picked apart like this girl doesn't even know what's going on and <laughs> this gotta, dude just li- lifting weights why would i want to shoot him yeah. i'd be pissed if someone shot me <laughs> lifting weights and uh i shot Susie like right between the eyes it's yeah like, she's walking around in the hood with a physics textbook yeah um <laughs> just a bunch of like military dudes are just like just looking at it. <laughs> great movie. Great movie. There's a new uh, Men in Black. Coming yeah, with out. Chris Hemsworth and the girl from uh, Creed and uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Tessa. Is it Tessa Thompson? Yeah, I think it's Tessa Thompson. Sure, it yeah. could be. Um, but anyways, that's a name that could be hers. Some of the other attractions that you can summon are the like the water ride, which I really like. So basically, you're on this giant stream of water, and you kind of make this path of your own around all the enemies, and then once the meter runs out. Then you go back through that path like really quickly, and then some giant splash to kind of just it, wreck enemies. It took me so long to figure that one out. Oh, really? It I did not figure that one out until I equipped the ability that like at the end of that meter, it automatically yeah. finishes for you. And then I like it started spinning me around, and then it splashed. I was like, oh, that's yeah. why I was because I would just ride around and hit people with it, and then it would end without doing that final run through. And it really wouldn't do a whole lot of damage. It did probably. jack shit. Yeah, and I was like. This is pointless. And yeah. then it, I did it one more time and it did it for me and finished. I was like, oh, okay. Well, now it makes shit. more sense. I'm dumb. Um, and then one of the other ones is um, the magic teacup, like the, the little teacup mm-hmm. ride, which is really fun. So you kind of just, um, same kind of thing. You just spin a little teacup around and just whack people with it. And the ship. The ship's really fun. So it's like a giant like ship that kind of goes sways back and forth. and like It's like sp- a ride in the amusement park. Yeah, like spits water out at enemies and stuff like that. Um, and then the roller coaster one, I think you, is it only Olympus that you use that? No, you use it also towards the end of the game in one of those uh, fights that would be spoilery. Okay. Okay. Um, but, but that one's really cool too, especially when you're fighting the, um, the, what is it? The Magna Titan? Or? Teen Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Teen Titans. What, no, what <laughs> Titan is he? Like the, the rock molten titan. lava Titan? I don't know what his name is. Yeah. Um, Trace. but yeah, so I think the... Using those attractions, which, again, as long as you're whacking enemies um, consistently, you're constantly spawning these things and upgrading your keyblades in battle. It just makes for a really fun, exciting, chaotic mm-hmm. combat. Um, so, yeah, I love it. But anyways, let's get back to Chrono Link's question because we could talk about combat in Kingdom Hearts for days. So, Wreck-It Ralph was one. Wreck-It um, Ralph, he said, um, I would, he said Brave, which I totally agree. Yeah. I would. Mom's l- a bear. 
<laughs> I just love Scottish accents. Yeah. Um, I did not do it justice. I would like to see Star Wars, contrary to his opinion. I agree. Um, it has to be done well, mm-hmm. or else you, like he said, it could be done cheesily and poorly. Um, how you would do that, I'm not sure. And I would hate to see the new set of characters. I would love to see the old, like, lo- young Leia, young Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Disney marketing, they would probably go after Ray and the new set of cast. They probably unfortunately. would. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, it's tough because even as you play through like Arendelle, the Frozen World, or Tangled, um, Kingdom of Corona, or whatever it is, it plays through, which is, is that so really weird. what it is? It's is Kingdom, it like a beer? I know. I, I read that and I'm like, Kingdom of Corona? Like, what? <laughs> it's like a people are just on the beach, Mexican like wasteland. sipping beers with limes. Like yeah. I don't know, it's kind of strange to me, but it is. It's what it is. Um, but it plays through the the storyline um, of those movies. So you'd think they'd do like a New Hope or like Return of the Jedi or something. But yeah, it's probably gonna be like freaking Attack of the Clones, as, as far as we're concerned, um, yeah. or, or Phantom Menace, Jar Jar. Attack of the Clones. Misa. <laughs> oh gosh, that would be. Or that's what Goofy turns into. He would be George Binks. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine if he has flappy ears and, like, his voice Well, changes? he looked like a monstrosity in Monsters, Inc. He did. Even Sora was kind of creepy looking. And yeah. I don't know how Boo was, like, all happy. I would have been, like... Stealing with a one-eyed green blob and, like, a giant hairy bear. That you call Kitty. I guess, yeah, it's already kind of... Weird. Yeah, you're, you're stretching <laughs> yeah. the realm of her acceptance. Um, another movie that I'd really like is Emperor's New Groove. I think that would be yeah. amazing. I, spe- I think especially... because Yeah, I just think if they can get... Well, they wouldn't Crunk. get David Spade, but just someone that sounds like him. Especially because all the different potions that change them into various animals, I think yeah. that would be conducive to... You uh, could poison Don- people? Well, no, but I think that like make more sense for Donald and Goofy to just turn into like a llama or just some random yeah goat or something like that yeah there was a limited amount of worlds um i would also want them to go off script that was one of my complaints with this one is that they were very much on script for like tangled mm-hmm. or for kingdom of coronas yeah it was very much playing through the movie whereas in like toy story you played through an offset like in the original what kingdom hearts 2 where you played through lion king it wasn't you're playing the movie. It's you're playing through a heartless version of a story mm-hmm. that are, that's in the universe. Yeah. Like uh, Simba had depression and yeah. he was like afraid to be king. And then you helped him grow up and attack. A lot of the scenes, though, because I think if I recall, it's been a while since I put the second. I thought I remember um, like Simba being reunited with Nala because Timon and Pumbaa, like they, I thought, I thought they played out that scene. I could be wrong. Again, it's been a while since I played, but all of that aside, I, I do agree with that point. Um, one of my complaints with the game that I can't really complain because, like we were talking about, the worlds are so much larger than the previous games. Mm-hmm. But there are only nine worlds in this game, and Kingdom Hearts two had like sixteen. Yeah. Well, you also played through them like two times. Mm-hmm. You played half the story. You came back later. Um, yeah, I think the. In Kingdom Hearts 2, you mean? Yeah. yeah. The verticality, mm-hmm. it I definitely, like, freaking uh, Olympus was amazing. All scaling those walls and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, but I think there should have been at least 12. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to me because 
again, I'm, I'm not disappointed in the game. Like like Alex said, it's it's far exceeded my expectations. Um, it's, it is such a love letter to people that have been following this series since day one. Um, but for a game that's taken, if we're looking at just Kingdom Hearts 2 to now, um, nearly 14 years for the game to come out, again, it exceeded my expectations, but I, I selfishly was wanting more as far as yeah. the, the number of worlds. And it sounds like... Okay, I'll, I'll save that for Kingdom Hearts. We should get back to the questions. Yeah. Um, my my first instinct is to start discussing gushing about the game or whatever. But so I guess okay. So we've gone back to the question a million times here. Emperor's New Groove uh, would be great. Um, Brave. I'm actually going to go over and look at my Disney movie collection. Okay. Yeah, I should probably look up Disney movies because I'm always getting mixed up with the non Disney movies that kind of seem like they would be. Oh, the Jungle Book. Jungle Book would be great. Inside Out. Inside Out. Is that the one where you're in the girl's head? Yeah. That could be interesting. Zootopia. <gasps> Zootopia. I'm game for that. Disney movies. Robin Hood. That's a really old one. Old. Have you seen the new record, Ralph? Um, I've not, no. We did Mulan. Yeah, Zootopia, I think, would be fantastic. That baby might be all right. No, it wouldn't. I'm just looking at Disney movies. Little thumper, little companion. (laughs) Look what I can do. Finding Nemo. Oh, what in the world? How have we not had that? Yeah, I don't know. Like Travis, or not Travis, like Alex said, um, The Incredibles would be amazing. Dumbo. Especially with... Incredibles would be awesome. I mean... Moana. Yep. I mean, there's really limitless potential here. Coco? Um, especially you get be- a guitar. Especially because, like, the next Kingdom Hearts game. Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> <laughs> ESPN Studios? <laughs> uh, Madden? <laughs> um, <laughs> Just started naming random games. Um, Big Hero 6, we got um, Wreck-It Ralph, we need... Moana, we got Pirates of the Caribbean. Cars, no. Oh, get out of here! Lady and the Tramp, no. Um, yeah, definitely Zootopia. Yeah, I mean, I think there's limitless potential, especially because, you know, Kingdom Hearts Four, if it is going to come out, which again, I don't want to get into spoilers, but oh, let's be honest, Namara is Namara, so. Um, Corella Deville. We wouldn't be getting it until you know 2047, but I think. <laughs> By then, we're going to have at least, like, 30 more Disney and Pixar movies. Thinking. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Homeward Bound? Smart House? <laughs> like, getting, <laughs> Lizzie McGuire? Getting into, like, the original That's Disney. so Raven. Heck yeah. Corey um, in the White House or whatever? <laughs> Wait, Corey in the White House? What? Corey went to the White House. No, it's just Corey in the House. It was, like, an offshoot of That's So Raven. I thought he went to... Yeah. Sister, sister. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what was it? Um, Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Xenon. Okay. We're done. Um, boys, we are the boys in motion. Yeah, so I think there's there's so many opportunities for, for Kingdom Hearts moving forward to, um, to visit <laughs> a lot of different worlds. I'm very glad that they, they picked the worlds that they did. Um, especially because a lot of them are more recent with your, um, your Tangleds, your, your, your Betamaxes as, Betamax. as, as Ryan refers to Baymax, uh, Big <laughs> yeah. Hero 6. So, 
Um, worlds that I don't want to see, I think, uh, again, I, I'm, Ryan and I talked about Star Wars. I think that would actually be pretty awesome. If done right, I agree. There, there's a lot of potential there for them to just... I think Marvel would be cool. Um, I think, yeah, I think it'd be neat. Could you mention a Thor's hammer keyblade? It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, like Thundera. Like Thundercats. Like movies like Oliver and Company, Bambi. I don't think those would make a whole lot of sense for a Kingdom yeah. Hearts uh, world. Um, I think those characters as like side companions or summons or what have you to be in the game would be nice. Um, but I don't think there's a need for like an Aristocats or anything like that. No, that would be a really dull world. Mm-hmm. We need more violence. Yeah, exactly. More blood. I mean, Aristocats, you're what? You have a mean cat? Was that... A, no, was it's a, the the guy like steals the cats away and then they like... They're like in the... The like little um motorcycle that, thing and they like fall into the river or whatever and then they meet uh Tommy O'Malley cat or whatever the heck his name is. Yeah, I don't think anyone, including myself, would remember the plot. Like the newest generation isn't gonna remember alley cats. Well we need to educate the new generation of younglings, Ryan. Just let it go. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh <laughs> Wow. Okay, we're just gonna continue with the question here. Colonel Link goes on I caught you off guard, didn't I? Yeah. He says, enjoy the auto question, which we did. Now to correct all the issues with your Kingdom Hearts story recap. Okay. Not. He says, I honestly can't blame you guys for not getting every minute or minute detail to the plots of these games because, let's be honest, they're convoluted and kind of stupid a lot of the time. Yeah, I love they it. retcon itself multiple ways. He so says, it's... I love it, but it is stupid. I think I feel the same. He says, anyways, hoping to hear some input on the music of Kingdom Hearts. Yoko Shimo, Shimomura puts all of her... Uh, puts her all into these games, and it's amazing. Yeah. What would you consider the the best track in each game, or maybe top three? Um, You're more the music person. So yeah, I and I'm very disappointed about the music in Kingdom Hearts Three. I will say that, Alec. Um, you and I are both music guys, and while I think the title track, um, "Face Your Fears," with um, what is it, uh, Haruk uh, Utada, I think is her name, and like the Skrillex remix. I know a lot of people were like freaking out that Skrillex was in Kingdom Hearts, he's but still, he's still alive. Um, who Skrillex? Well, if he's making music from the dead, then that made it into Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> well, that means he's more dubstep than anyone else. If yeah, he's making it from the dead. Um, I actually think that song is phenomenal. I love it. Um, but as far as the the background music for each of the worlds, um, with the exception of Toy Story with Randy Newman's. Um, you've got a friend of me that was great playing. I thought that was fantastic. Nostalgia overload. Wonderful. I think a lot of the music is very forgettable. And honestly, I was playing this game without podcasts or anything because it was Kingdom Hearts three. And I felt like I needed to be fully immersed. Um, it got to a point where unless it was a cutscene, I was listening to a podcast cause I thought a lot of the music in each of the worlds was very forgettable. Um, and kind of just there, which was disappointing. Uh. Yeah, I didn't listen to any podcaster. Usually, I have like a second video playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to all the music, and I thought it, not being a music snob like Rusty is, I I thought it set the atmosphere well, and they definitely had, they pulled from the content that they're prime like Monster Zank, Toy Story. You got a the vibe that you were supposed to be in that world, but I mean, I don't hear specific tracks like you do, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and that's it, it fair. It set the atmosphere. Yeah. It's all that I really require for music. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so, and again, he 
he writes three songs for each of the games. Um, beyond, I would say Kingdom Hearts 1 and maybe 2. Um, God, I can't even name like three Beyonce it, it, songs, let alone Kingdom Hearts songs. <laughs> Jesus. It's going to be tough for me to... Um, to na- so, but, so he goes on. He says, for Kingdom Hearts 1, Traverse Town, um, the theme for Monstro, um, and then Simple and Clean. So he says both the ending and then the orchestral version. So for me, I would say... Traverse Town, absolutely. Yeah. I love Arabian Nights from Agrabah, Aladdin World, mm-hmm. and Deep Jungle, the Tarzan level. I thought was just really catchy. It was like you have like little pipes in the beginning. It's like I can't. I'm gonna. It's not yeah, even, that would have been embarrassing. Not, yeah, not even worth trying to sing. You just do one note. You're just, good. Just look it up on YouTube. It's it's beautiful. Um, but I agree. Simple and Clean's amazing. Dearly Beloved. I mean, they're all just outstanding tracks. Um, Chain of Memories. I can't even recall a single track well, from that game, that game because I'm not a fan. He says. The 13th Struggle, Namine's theme, I believe, and then Lord of the Castle. Kingdom Hearts 2, he says The Other Promise, Lazy Afternoons, and Happy Holidays. Um, Lazy Afternoons, I would absolutely agree. Um, that's the, the the song that plays during Twilight Town. Oh, okay. It really just reminds me of, um, for me personally, just summertime with my friends, just eating ice cream just as they did uh, yeah. ate the, the, the sea salt popsicles on the top of the tower um kingdom hearts or no uh what is this days oh three five eight over two days okay at dusk he says i will think of you um music por la tri- <laughs> what he fell asleep on his keyboard yeah what it's like por la tristesse de shion okay um Love that track too. Vector for <laughs> yeah, the, Vector. Really brings me back to that moment. <laughs> Vector for the Heavens, um, Birth by Sleep, Ventus Theme, uh, Destiny's Union, and Neverland Shirizo. Shirizo. Um, I like Shirizo. Tri- like food. I, I like Shirizo as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. Was there good original music in this game? <laughs> I agree. Uh, what an interesting, unique little project that that was. Let's just call that the Bastard Child. Dream Drop Distance. He didn't say that. that, that those are Rusty's yeah. words. Uh, Dream Drop Distance, Twister, Kingdom Mix, Traverse and Trance, and Le Empeto Obscure. <laughs> You're picking like the hardest to pronounce songs, Alec. Come on now. Would um, Guardium Leviosa. Bar to Bar. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, he says, so far, the field theme of Corona. What, what, what the hell are you doing over here? Nothing. Just rearranging my backpack. Okay. Um, he says, so far, the field theme of Corona, uh, which I would agree, I really like uh, traveling in the Tangled World. Um, and then he also says the field theme in Arendelle. And the battle theme of Toy Box and Monstropolis stand out. He says, time will tell. Yeah, it's, again, I talked through some of my, my favorite songs, uh, but Kingdom Hearts 3 so far, very much like Dragon Quest Eleven. I feel like the music... Um, it's just a little bit, a little bit of a disappointment. Um, so I'll leave it at that. He says, overall, Dearly Beloved is in, in all of its forms is my top, is my top. However, is in my top. However, I'm sorry. I was just, I don't know. I'm struggling to read. Uh, he says three's version may be my favorite. I cried for the first time hearing it. My favorite part of that comp composition is that each arrangement sort of describes the game it belongs to. Days and Birth by Sleep are both very somber and uh, legato, while Dream Drop Distance is more playful and reminiscent of a dream. Very cool stuff. Anyway, I'll stop gushing and let you get back to the whole podcast thing. 
Um, I love that you wrote in about music, um, Alec, because it is something that it really is so special to me in these games and really just in video games in general. And I very much agree with what you said about, um, well, each game, apart from the um, the tracks that I absolutely have no idea <laughs> the hell out what you were talking about. Uh, but thank you for writing in. I really do appreciate it. The audio question. If anyone else wants to write in an audio question, you can do that. Even if it maybe came through the uh, the, the mic a little janky, don't worry about it. We're, we're all having fun here, mediocre podcasting. <laughs> yeah. It's all good fun. Um, but Ryan, I think we should take a quick break. Yeah, sounds good. And then good. we'll just start gushing about Kingdom Hearts 3 some more. Yep, sounds good. All right, I think we should probably start talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 in depth. Yeah. And uh, again, we're not going to start talking about spoilers yet. I will make sure everyone is aware when that starts to happen. But uh, Ryan, did you cry when you started playing this game? I did not because I haven't been waiting for 13 years. I um, I was very excited to play this game, though, because mm-hmm. I got to see the release, I guess, in Japan. And there was lots of hype and billboards of Keyblades all around Japan. Mm-hmm. And then getting getting to hear your praises that were being sung from the other side of the world was cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> now, I wrote down the choices that I made in the beginning of the game. Because, you know, each Kingdom Hearts game, you are you have kind of those... Um, they're not murals, but what are they? Like those stained glass window-like things that you're kind of standing on and... And, and Sora's forced to make decisions that yeah. I don't think drastically alter the game by any stretch of the imagination. No, I think it... I was looking it up for Kingdom Hearts 1 because you get to see, like, do you want a shield or a sword and blah, blah, blah. It just raises that stat by one, I think, yeah. to start out with. So the first choice I I answered, I chose balance. Uh, I did power. Okay. And then... There was, like, a, a screen with Riku on it. Okay. And uh, Sora fighting him. Mm. Yeah, I did that one. The second one I chose is I chose the power of the warrior. I think I did that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the choices that I made at the beginning of the game, whether or not they had any drastic effect on anything. Um, well, yeah, it doesn't really explain itself. It's kind of, hey, here's three pictures. Pick which one you like the most. Yeah. So I basically just kind of bullet pointed as I was playing a lot of like really... Um, yeah, some of them are like really detailed explanations of things that I thought were really unique and fun and interesting. Other things are just like um, team attacks were so awesome. You know, I just that's I wrote it down because I just thought they're so. Yeah, great. I like being able to chuck up or goofy and like throw them at the ground and have them explode. <laughs> yeah, like literally though, like, that's literally his attack. You like pick, you like grab Goofy's hands, you jump like fifty feet up in the air, and then you're just like, woohoo! And you just like. So I guess do we want to start out? What's your overall score for the game? Nine five. Nine five. Okay, I'm thinking eight. Okay, so for me, it's not perfect. There are definitely a lot of things that, um, not a lot of things, but, um, you know, it might, I might even, I may even say a nine, yeah. just because while it did exceed my expectations, um, there's a lot of things that I, I, I have little gripes about. Yeah. Um, but let me just talk some of the things that I think um, could have never happened on the PS2 or maybe even the PS3. Mm-hmm. You know, we needed the technology of the PS4 and the time, the development time to create this game. And, and one of the things that first struck me um, was that everything is recorded dialogue. There's no text boxes above people's heads anymore. Yeah. You know, um, and in Kingdom Hearts 2 and 1, you had your 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 extended cutscenes where people were talking and interacting and everything like that. But then when you went up to someone after the fact um, in gameplay... 
like in engine or whatever, it would just be text above their head. Now you can go up to any character at any time, um, primarily your party members, yeah. and talk to them, and they'll have like little snippets of dialogue, which I think is outstanding. I think there's only one instance that there was text that you had to read, and that's really later on. Oh, but really? Besides that, everything, yeah, you're right, is um, verbal, which is nice. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to read, what, what is this, school? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I think that was really great. I like that a lot. Um, and I, t- I talked about it earlier in the show, just how um, transitions between areas is seamless. There's no load screens. Mm-hmm. Um, and the verticality, I think, like I said earlier, is amazing. With Olympus, with pretty much every location. Every world, even in, in Arendelle, when you're like in the frozen. Um, I jumped off a mountain yeah. to find a flan. Well, yeah, I love that you can jump off of great distances or great heights and there's, there's, no, um, there's no height damage. Like if you fall... Yeah. Thousands of feet. He should be breaking limbs. If you drop, jump off the tower in the Kingdom of Corona, like, nothing happens. Yeah. You know, like Rapunzel's Tower or whatever. Um, team attacks are awesome. I thought the gameplay just itself, just the fighting and everything like that was just... It was um, very flashy. As good as it's ever been. I think I think for some people it might be a little overwhelming. Like, even Lauren, when she was watching me play sometimes, was just like, how can you even tell what's going on like on screen right now? Yeah. And um, you kind of get used to the chaos, I think. Um, and it, it's just, adds. I was birthed in chaos. <laughs> I think it adds to the intensity and, and fun of the, the game. It really does yeah. for me at least. No, I, I enjoyed, I mean, I think the graphical improvement from number two or whichever, what fragmentary passage or whatever it was, whichever one, I, I think the last one I played was two. So the improvement there was really well done and then also visually they made everything more a spectacle mm-hmm. um which was a lot of fun to see um i did like the team attacks like goofy shooting up rockets or no no donald shooting up rockets everywhere With fireworks yeah or yeah using goofy as a bomb which you know as you do yep um i'm trying to think hercules he had one, was that the one where he spun around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just think things as simple as you don't have to swap party members out. Like, yeah, you can having literally, up to five people was Yeah, nice. I mean, when you go to the Toy Box world for Toy Story, you have both Donald and Goofy and then Buzz and and, uh, and Woody. Yeah. They're all fighting it. And it never felt like there were not enough enemies on screen. Like, you didn't feel like, okay, they were just doing everything. Yeah. Like, half the time, I... I didn't pay a lick of attention to what they were doing, like their their animations when they were fighting. Like I don't even know what what if Woody, for all I know, could have had a sword, and I would have known the difference because I was yeah. just so focused on me doing. Everything. He was impaling people with a laser sword from Halo. <laughs> yeah, like I would have never known the difference. So um, I think it was just really well balanced in that regard. Um, what and they gave you enough enemies so that you steamrolling a place with five people wasn't going to happen. Yeah. One of my gripes, though, was that I felt the game was structured in such a way, certainly like the earlier levels, where I felt like you were kind of just going down corridors and then progressing the story and not you weren't like allowed to like grind a whole lot. Because like, especially like in the Kingdom of Corona, you kind of just had to start at the tower and then go through the forest to find, um, or to, you know, escort Rapunzel wherever she went, like, to the kingdom. Um, it wasn't until, like, after you'd completed the level that you could freely explore any of the areas. Um, and so that was a little bit frustrating to me because I never felt like, 
I could just explore the level, pause, not progress the story. Because like when you were in Agrabah or um, the deep jungle in the Tarzan world in Kingdom Hearts 1, and you had to get to wherever, you could just go back and forth between areas and just... Respawn things. And, and the enemies would respawn. You could grind. And I liked that um, kind of well, break in the, the story. Well, that's the trade-off you get from load screens. Yeah. Because there are no load screens between areas, there isn't respawn of enemies. So the first place I ground was after you beat... Um, what is it? The Hercules place. And you start at the top of the Olympus where Zeus was. Mm-hmm. And you fly down and there's like a ring of people. Run through the level, beat like a few more rings. And then you use that teleport uh, save place. And then go back. To teleport back, respawns everyone. And I leveled up a few times there. Okay. <laughs> but you really have to use the save locations to respawn enemies. Yeah, which at the at, is fine. By the time I got to the end of the game, it was just... Second nature didn't bother me at all, um, but while I was playing it, it kind of just was like, ah, oh, this kind of I kind of want to just go back and fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, heartless. did you play on standard? I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. I Which did I should have played on proud because I didn't die once. I think until the Monsters Inc. World when you were like on those rails because I didn't know that you could f- you could go, go underneath. underneath, and so like I was just like, what the hell? Like I, I'm dying, but I, you know I'm not meaning to. Like, yeah, I might go back and play it on the hard difficulty, but there were some. Like what was it? Was it the Toy Story World? Where like some of the enemies or the bosses are so big that you can't actually dodge out of the way. Yeah. Which was one of my biggest gripes. Like I guess my biggest things, two biggest problems why it wouldn't be higher than like a mid seven to an eight is because of the pacing of the story, which there's basically no story progression until like the last three hours you see like nothing about the organization which really pisses me like okay so usually the story there's an increase and then you get to a climax and then you close the story Mm -hmm. but it's a gradual progression up for this one it was basically flatlining up a little bit at the end of each world and then a spike like exponential spike up coming at like three hour mark yeah and, and and what's been really weird about kingdom hearts from one to now is like, I saw a lot of people complaining that there were essentially, like, no Final Fantasy characters or interaction with Final Fantasy characters in this game. Which, for me, like, I wasn't playing the game and thinking about it consciously. I wasn't like, where's where's Aerith? Where, where's, where's Leon? Like, where are all these people that were in Kingdom Hearts Tifa? Like, where are all these people? It never bothered me. But after the fact, I was just kind of like... Well, then you're going to like the new series. The new Kingdom Hearts 4. What do you mean? But we can get into that after yeah. when we get into spoils. But it moving forward, it looks like there's going to be more Final Fantasy. Yeah, but it, it's just it was weird to me. Um, so that was like a, a minor gripe of mine. Um, what were you saying before? I don't know where the I was going. The pacing with that of the story was yeah. So in like, my mind, just atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of felt like each Kingdom Hearts world was its isolated thing. Like, okay, I watched Tangled. I'm gonna I'm gonna put, pull out my Blu-ray disc, and then now I'm gonna put in. Um, Toy Story and watch Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Like, I never felt like there was... um, I don't know. It was just very bizarre to me that there was not a lot of organization stuff until later on. There was zero plot, and the way you interacted with them was basically... You never felt threatened by them because they came over, laughed at you a bit. Like, even the main villain-type people, like... um, Zygbar. Zaynort, Zigbar, 
Um, Ansem pops up and was like, hey, Zora, Sora, you suck. Mm-hmm. And then disappears. You're like, he was the final boss in one and two. Should I be threatened by him? And it was basically like you're just having casual dialogue. Yeah. So, like, the pacing was weird. It's like, for the first eight worlds, I was like, when do I get to fight these people? Mm-hmm. When do I feel threatened by this opposed to f- trying to fight the final boss in a Disney world? Okay, so let's 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 pause there because... I could very easily start going to some of the other story stuff, and maybe let's let's like kind of save that for okay. towards the end, and then we'll um, kind of just explore some of this other stuff. Um, some of the other things that like really stood out to me was just the attention to detail in some of the worlds, like particularly yeah. Toy Story, where it was I love Toy Story. It was such it was so an good. interact because basically, if you haven't played the game, um, you start out in um, in Andy's house, okay, and that was a really cool opening scene where. Um, it's very much like Toy Story 2 when that movie starts and I, I'm pretty sure like Buzz dies or something like that. Um, what? Well, like in the beginning of Toy Story 2 and you think like, what? Buzz dies? He gets killed by Zerg? But they were really like, Rex was playing a video game. Oh, yeah. In Andy's room. Well, it was very much like that in this where Sora and Riku looked like Final Fantasy characters like in Final Fantasy 15 and there was like all this kind of chaos going on and it was like, I mean, I was I, pissed because I thought they were trying to put ads into this game to sell a different game. I was like, what is this EA? This is bullshit. No, I, I then, like literally thought that it was because I, I clicked to to land in the toy box world. And I thought like because sometimes before you go into the world, they, they like, go back to a cutscene, mm-hmm. And so I thought Riku was off fighting someone. I was just like, oh, crap, stuff's getting this is getting real. Um, but it was just Rex playing a video game. Yeah. Um, and Sora's name was like. Zorando or something like that, or Yorando or so, whatever. I don't know. Zortex or something. Like I don't that. know what it was. Um, and I say that because that's the title of the secret ending. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. get to that. Um, but some of the other things that like really stood out to me is even when you go to the third floor of the toy box, uh, like the toy toy store, um, there are these like helium. Um, things like that where you blow up balloons yeah and if you strike it with your keyblade then all your characters start talking as if they've sucked in helium wait what is this in toy story on, on the third floor there are these like um i never hit r- there where? are these, these, these canisters of helium and if you strike it with your keyblade then donald goofy and sora all start talking as if they have helium i feel like i ran past that and vaguely remember them yeah. talking highly yeah so if you do that and then because even like they're very self-aware like donald's like what happened to my voice? You know, it's just like, it's really kind of funny. Um, I love the like Titanfall esque machines that you get to fight with. Yeah. So basically you can, um, you can get into like this, like little toy mech and start shooting other mechs that are like heartless, essentially that are fighting you. So it's a really interactive world, which I thought was really unique. Um, and just a lot of fun to play in. Yeah. So I really loved that. Um, what else do I have here? Um, Oh, so here's the exact quote. So after, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're good. But Woody, he sucks in the helium, and he says, "Get a load of this, Buzz. I sound like an alien." And it was just really funny, like in the moment, because he actually has like a helium voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them to take the time to have a helium canister in the world, and then to go above and beyond to, if you strike it, then their voices change to record that dialogue. I mean, all of it was just really awesome. I thought. Yeah, what do you think of that doll flying around in that world? Like, like in, Annabelle as, like, a heartless. What? 
Do you remember? No. Well, one of the villain or like one of the, I guess mini bosses in there was like a a doll that was reanimated and looked like Annabelle. It okay. was like flying around because it locked someone in a toy box. Oh, I see. I don't. I don't remember that. Okay. When you went into your fugue state while playing through toy area, I don't, I, I just don't remember. really. I don't remember. Well, basically, there was a doll that they had as like a heartless, and it was just a creepy. Okay, doll. This. Don't remember this thing. Oh yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I've entered a horror movie. Um, yeah, they did. I just like the environments that you could scale them. Like running up walls was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get glide and you can fly around. Oh, makes traversing the world so quick. Yeah, I love it. You get the secret, all the like secret things. Yep, all the Took treasures. About an hour, hour and a half, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Just being able to fly around and like explore. Did you collect all the Mickey emblems? All but three. Because I never did Winnie the Pooh. Oh. So you have to go through the world to get those three. But there's only three in that world. I love the Winnie the Pooh world. You have to go there. Well, I was going through the entire game. And then it was right before you get to some of the end stuff. Mm -hmm. And I walked in to do some food uh, cooking, which I really liked. And... He was like the wizard was sitting there with a book, and I was like, Merlin, it's the pacing for me to run through and slowly do Winnie the Pooh stuff. Yeah, versus like climax of the game. I was like, I, I, I'll do it later. You definitely go back because it's really fun. It's a nice breakup from like all the the chaos of killing Artless. Yeah, dude, I really love the gummy ships. It improved a lot. Okay, well, let's before we get into the gummy ship, I you mentioned cooking, and so one of the the main little mini games of this is that as you kind of go through all the different worlds, you can kind of collect ingredients Mm -hmm. for cooking. And you go back to Twilight Town, and little Remy from Ratatouille um, is kind of like a master chef. And so he sits on top of Sora's head, just like in the the movie, and kind of like pulls your hair as you're doing these like really ridiculous little mini games where you crack an egg or you chop onions and vegetables, and you make all these different uh, recipes for the restaurant. Yeah. And so each... Recipe, of course, calls for a number of different ingredients, and you collect these ingredients throughout the world. I loved that, like, little loop, gameplay loop. Um, I love running around, like, um, Kingdom of Corona, and Donald's, crabs like... crabs and lobsters. And Donald's is like, I bet we could find some ingredients around here. Mm-hmm. I loved how they pointed things out to you in the world. Yeah, like, oh, hey, there, it looks like there's a... A lucky, lucky emblem, emblem around or, here. There's some food, or we can get ingredients around here. I like that, because otherwise, when you're... You're running through these worlds. You're not thinking about it. Um, it can be tough to to stop, you know, because you're so focused on whatever. Yeah. Um, so I like that. There's some places where they're like, oh, it's a lucky emblem. And I would expect them all to be obvious, which they're not. No. And not. Uh, I looked around for like 10 minutes and it turned out it was just on a wall that I was on the opposite side of. Um, but yeah, ingredients. And then you could actually get a keyblade from completing the entire book. Yes, I did that. Oh, you um, did? You yep. got that one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't have that one yet. I have, um, I, so I, complete, I completed the first page, but you unlock like the special ingredients on the mm-hmm. second page, and I've only done like three of those. Okay. So, and I've yeah. gotten, because I think it's if you get excellent on every recipe, then you unlock the keyblade. Yeah, um, so I'm trying to get the ultimate blade right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess talking about the, the lucky emblems, one of the other mechanics in this game is that you have um, a gummy phone. And with it, it's essentially like a smartphone where you can take 
photos. You can take selfies. Yeah. And you have to take pictures of like essentially the shape of Mickey Mouse's head. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of littered throughout all of the different worlds. Some of them are like very obvious. Like it's just like a little um, like almost a tattoo on a wall. Mm-hmm. But other ones are like really difficult. Three hanging balls in the toy area. Yeah. And you have to angle yourself in a certain way for these three like lights to to make it look as if it's it's Mickey's head. Or the other one like outside the toy like front. You know how there's like the doors to leave the toy mm-hmm. store. Outside on a trash can, there's like three circles that look like a Mickey head. Yeah. So it's honestly like I would never recommend anyone to aimlessly try and find them without using a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I used a guide after I beat after I got to like the very end of the game. I went through each of the worlds after I had Glide because I was able to get around really easily um, and collected them mm-hmm. um, just because it wasn't – I didn't want to break up because if, if you're going through the worlds for the first time and you're searching for them, it just really slows the pace of the game. Yeah. So I'd really recommend getting to the end and then going back because it just – yeah, it's a lot easier that way. Yeah. It would be cool to go through the game and get the ultimate weapon to go into the final boss. Yeah. That would be cool. But, but – um. Yeah, so talk about um, the gummy ship. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, so the other games, they sucked, really. They they weren't that fun. Um, this one, customizing a ship, making a ship, um, is really cool. And then they also have things within each kind of universe, galaxy for the worlds. All right, so there's like a galaxy for the first four worlds, and then there's a galaxy for the next four worlds. And inside those, there's like these golden balls that you basically fly around and try to get, um, like rotate light. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. And for completing those, you get a bunch of XP. There's warp areas to make it easier to fly around. Um, there's different bosses with different difficulties, which give you XP. Um, yeah. So I'm level 60 on my gummy ship. Are you really well? Yeah. But so for one of the Oracle pluses, you have to do a, um, gummy ship heartless mission mm-hmm. uh, did you complete that one yet no so i've um i think i have four of the orc or calcum or, however you pronounce yeah. it um right now i am going through each of the battle gates so the battle gates there's either one or two in each of the worlds and you basically enter this like little blue sphere do you get anything for completing them yeah you complete the enemy essentially the roster of enemies because there's it, it basically allows you to see each of the different enemy types throughout the game Oh, okay. Otherwise, you will unlock the trophy. Oh, it's a trophy. It's a trophy. But okay. you also, when you do those, you unlock secret reports. And I, I haven't read the secret reports. I want to unlock all of them before I read them. Mm-hmm. I have one more to do. It's in the last world mm-hmm. where yeah. stuff goes down. Um, and it's just balls hard because um, you don't have any companions. And it's just one guy with like 15 little dots, green dots of health. Oh, is it that the secret boss? I don't know if he's a secret boss, but he's in the final world. Does he have two blades? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's tough. Yeah, so I'm going to get Ultima weapon before that because it gives you the ultimate form. If when Once you get those three little triangles mm-hmm. that you usually get, you turn into, instead of like second form, like the first keyblade, you get Ultima like form, and it's oh, just nice. crazy. So you have all the other ingredients though, right? Or do you not? What do you mean? Um, like no. the wellspring shards or whatever it is. And then you have like, uh, cause there's four ingredients that you need. You need like seven of the orc alchems. You need like two wellspring shards, 
two lucid crystals and yeah. two pulsing crystals. So do you have those? So those are easy to get. Yeah, because yeah, I just would farm and equip. Um, if you go to the the Baymax, if you go to Big Hero Six, mm-hmm. go to that Battle Gate and equip the Toy Story one because it has Lucky Strike, so enemies drop items more. Okay, is that where you get all the crystals? Yeah. You can okay. get all of them in like thirty seconds. Okay. So yeah, so I have four. So to get the ultimate weapon, uh, I think it's either three hundred materials or kill three hundred or three thousand enemies. Three thousand materials or three thousand enemies. Have you not gotten the trophies for killing the enemies yet? I think I did. I just I don't know if I got the Chris or the Orcalcum. Basically, three thousand of either materials or enemies. I don't have the specifics here. The next one you get it for a letter prize. So, Which I got. I was so happy I did. I got it in like three. Yeah. I, once I, because I knew that was one, so I basically bought a potion, exited, got a letter, and bought twenty of them. Mm-hmm. So I got twenty letters, and I was just gonna go save, and then if I didn't get it in twenty, yeah, reload. Um, and basically, we're talking as if people understand what's going on in Twilight Town. You ma- you mail like these postcards, and then you get items in return, and it's kind of like a lottery system. You're not really sure whether or not you're gonna get the the Oracalcum Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately for Ryan and I, we did. Otherwise, yeah. we would have had to like restart. Um, the next one is Flan Mini Games, which there's <sighs> the one in Monsters Inc. where the dude like comes around and absorbs you. Freaking, I raged because yeah. I was trying to complete it. Yeah, that's something I haven't done yet. I will. Um, that's what I'm in the process of doing. Have now. you done the the Arendelle sh- uh, sled thing? No, where you have to get all ten. Oh my gosh, that's a nightmare. I was at my I was at my dad's still. And I, it took me like, I was doing it for like an hour because you can't get them all in one fell swoop and you, and you have to watch a video. Um, because otherwise I went through it three times and never found a single thing that you have to collect like these treasures or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, they're, they're, uh, they're numbered like one through 10 or whatever. Um, but luckily each time you complete it, when you get one, it saves it. So you don't have to get that again. That's correct. Yeah. Um, but it's just a pain in the butt to, to go through that like a million times. Um, it's fun, like just going through casually, but when you, it's really, you have to make some really sharp turns in certain areas. And if you miss it, then you just have to restart and it's just, it's just a pain. So yeah, I'm trying to, you're going to have to show me where you find that because I totally lost where that mini game is. If you go, um, to the castle. Yeah. And just talk to Olaf. Oh, then he goes, okay. Yeah, and then you, it's either Olaf or, I think it's Elsa. You talk to Elsa. Okay. And then you just, you'll start it. Okay, I'll have to do that. Um, there's one in one of the pirate islands, which you probably got the Orcalcum on one yeah. of the islands. Yeah, you like dive deep and there's like a gazillion like little treasure chests or something. It was just in the middle of an island. On oh, maybe land. it was. I don't yeah. remember. Um, then there's the gummy ship one. So outside the final world, like there's this massive ultimate ship, mm-hmm. and you there's I guess four things that you have to activate by killing four different enemies, like of those battles. And I've done three out of the four, and the fourth one is impossible. Really, even with your ship? Yeah, it's oh my gosh, it's it's rough because your ship is seriously like the Millennium Falcon. Cross no, I, I had to make a new one. The Enterprise. And the, even with that, like I buffed HP, I, so I'm going to eventually have to beat it, but it's hard. Um, the Lucky Emblems, you need 80 out of 90, and then there is a, a red portal in the last world that you have to go through to get one. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you have the easy ones. You probably don't have the Fland. No. And you don't have the Gummy Ship. And then you don't have the... Whichever one. The Arendelle yeah. sled thing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'll definitely get it eventually. Um, I think this has probably been, again, I didn't, I didn't attempt to get the ultimate blade in either one or two, but I think this has been the most reasonable, even if a little ridiculous to get. Yeah. Number one was really unreasonable. Number two, get every one of every material, which is one of, I, I, I found that number two was rough. No, no, number one was the most unreasonable. Number two was more reasonable. Number three is the most reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is maybe when we're going to talk about spoilery stuff, um, especially, Alec, if you've not played the Big Hero 6 or Pirates of the Caribbean worlds, because there's just some really special moments there that I kind of want to just reference. So warning you now, here's the cutoff. Definitely stop listening if you don't want anything spoiled um, moving forward. So, Ryan, yep. when Sora died. God, that was such a relief. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, I wanted him and Kyrie. Um, the only person I really like is Riku. So, um, all Sora does is just whine, just yeah. whine, whine, whine. It was and weird. Then the Mickey way- has to stab Sora in the heart, and that's what made that it was kind of memorable. really. I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but Sora does die. Oh, of course, he Kyrie does. does. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, well, we don't really know what happened to Kyrie, but. Um, I absolutely loved the Pirates of the Caribbean world. Yeah. No, it was good. I loved the ship battles. Mm-hmm. There's a trophy for killing 200 ships. Did you get it? And I got it. Okay. Because I, like, seriously just was in that world forever. Um, I, I explored every island before I went to the... Oh, like, yeah. yeah. The end? Yeah. So I did the same. Because it, it was just so fun getting off the ship and, go like, finding, like, these little areas and... Not knowing what you were going to discover. I don't know why they were. We used crabs as an upgrade system. No idea. Makes no sense at all. Yeah, but I think I got to like level seven or something before I went to the final battle. Okay. See, I, I upgraded it to nine because that was as high as it could go. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. And did you go back to the world because you eventually unlocked the black pearl? Really? It's amazing. It's like ten times faster and a lot more powerful. Ooh. So it makes how it makes getting that um, achievement for killing two hundred ships like a, a cakewalk. How'd you get that one? Just by beating the world. Oh. Just by beating the world, you unlock it. So if you go back to the port, mm-hmm. then you can either choose to ride your other one, or like the Vi- Leviathan or whatever it's called, or the Black Pearl. And of course, you'll do the Black Pearl. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's amazing. I feel <clears throat> on hard mode, that would be really hard, because those ship battles, like the first one, mm-hmm. like you can't heal your ship, yeah. which is hard. And it also is just a great farming place. I know you've beaten the game, but... Um, not a single ship gives you less than 300 XP, so... Yeah, no, that's um, what I was thinking. Like, leveling up. I use the battle... Battle gates are amazing. The first battle gate at the maze to level up. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, the... Uh, that's when, sh- obviously, shit hits the fan. And the battle gates... It was like, you get number one, or whatever. So I went from 42, which is, like, the minimum requirement for yeah. the graveyard, to 50. Okay, And that's, then I beat it with 50. I think I was, like, 50 when I beat the game, yeah. too. It was... And I didn't feel like... I mean, Zaynor, there were a few times where I had to run away and heal real quick, but it wasn't yeah. like... In some of the bosses... Freaking Ansem at the end of the first one where it was just like... Like the power chug or yeah. Kira or whatever. Oh my goodness. There was, like, I guess some of my gripes with the final boss and some of those bosses is they stun lock you. And I literally put down my controller for 20 seconds and as I was just getting hit. Really, like, there's nothing you could do. There was nothing that I could do as they just bounced me around. Oh yeah, and I was like, I I get if I get 
hit and it's my fault kind of thing. But if you stun lock me and then just keep on hitting me to the point where I'm like up a small building because I got hit so many times yeah. in a row. Or like I have to, I can literally do nothing for like canceling attack, blocking attack after 10 attacks. Mm-hmm. That's really frustrating for me. Or like the undodgeable shit. Yeah. For Xehanort underwater where he just like collides multiple fireballs on you. Yeah. I was like... Never, like, I don't remember any game where underwater battling is a good thing Mm -hmm. because you got all that lag from the viscosity of the water. But I did like being able to shoot water fireballs or water balls. I liked the the fighting underwater in Pirates of the Caribbean. I did too. But, But like, as far as a boss underwater. Too intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's kind of my gripe. Combat being stun locked and, like, I mean, you have to use Goofy and some of those X or triangle summons as like the invincibility frames. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I used them sometimes is because I know if I was getting attacked and obviously I couldn't dodge with dodge roll that I would have to use that to cancel out their attack hitting me because you're invincible. But there are very little iframes in this game, which kind of was unfortunate because you're constantly dodging Mm -hmm. or trying to roll around. But there was, like, zero iframes. Yeah. So that you could still get hit in your role. Yeah, that was frustrating. Um, I mean, obviously, Kingdom Hearts isn't there purely for combat. But that and, like, the pacing of Kingdom, the thing. Like, the last two hours or three hours, really, mm -hmm. was freaking awesome. Like, all of those battles there were memorable. Yeah, so basically, you you arrive at the, um, the Keyblade Graveyard which is essentially yeah. where the, the Keyblade War I, is what I assume occurred because there's all these <coughs> these Keyblades where people died, you know? Yeah. So all of the, the Keyblade wielders... A bunch of left, children died. Yeah, left their keys there, um, or the Keyblades. But it's kind of weird because what happens, like... Does, From what point? Like, Sora dies or something like that? Um, because, like, Riku... Like, you all end up going up and you confront... Um, so that's the second place that you get to use the train at the beginning of that world where there's like a bunch of dudes coming. Mm-hmm. Like you have to kill the heartless and you have a heartless meter. And then at the end of that, you get to do like the triangle and it's a train. You're basically shooting explosives and you can clear it really quick. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then you run forward and um, basically there's another tornado of heartless Um I got frustrated fighting those like seven times. Yeah. Um, but then it turns into a giant tornado that you can't fight, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a giant tornado of Heartless and you're kind of screwed. And then it starts attack like it absorbs everyone. So you, like Sora watches all of his friends die. And then you basically give up as a character and you're like, oh no, I'm going to die. Like we, we lost hope. And Riku, the darkest of the characters like goes up and shields you and then you see darkness consume him and then it comes at you and you're consumed. Yeah. And then it goes into like this really weird afterlife thing where there's like this little tiny bear guy. Like, Who, no. So the bear guy was the friend of Aqua and that those dudes. Oh, cause that at the very end of the game, then you yeah. see Roxas like, I'm like do- double take or whatever. Yeah. Cause he's like, I'm waiting, he's like, Ventus. I'm waiting for someone. And it was like, I've never seen you because I never played through that game but mm-hmm. yeah i did see that but it was just the most bs thing and i told you before you got to it i'm like dude the end game is so amazing and i was like but there's one 
piece of it that's just total BS. Yeah, and I knew when I got to it. Like, you're basically in this giant, like, world where there's just, like, blocks floating everywhere, and there's just a bunch of Sora, like, literal Sora bodies running all over the place. And you have to yeah. collect, like, what was it, 300 of them or something ridiculous like yeah. that? Yeah, 111. Yeah, it was a weird number. And after you collect all of them, then what you leave and then i don't know there's just a bunch of like out of body experience you put together yourself and then you can leave because you okay so basically it boils down to kingdom hearts bullshit kind of story elements and then you get teleported back and then you're at the same point so it looks like you're going to replay and have to go back and do it again but then armored ventus oh vanitas vanitas or whatever comes shows up and like armored version of yourself, and it was Terra that showed. Ah, I don't know. It was so crazy. So armored dude shows up Terra. and like, even though Terra is possessed by, well, it's a suit Arrakis, of armor because Master Arrakis or whatever. Sure. Well, yeah. because remember at the very end, yeah, yeah, yeah. he fools Aenord into like, yeah. So whatever, some armor guy shows up and helps you win, and um, who used he was the. The dude who shows up was the hidden boss in Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. Like sure. a suit of armor. And then that's cool. And then I guess you defeat the tornado because you use the wizard. I liked when the wizard showed yeah, up. Yeah, and Sid shows up and just like, yo, what's up? I'm Gandalfing this bitch. And yeah. then he like parts the sea of heartless. Pretty much. It's like <laughs> fucking Freaking Moses, Moses just parts the red sea of heartless. Like. And then um then you go forward, and then, yeah, I thought it was really a cool cinematic of, Ze- like, old Xehanort walking with his 13 dudes. Yeah. And it was kind of, like, the opposite of the Mighty Ducks V formation. Yeah. And then it's just U7, and they turn, like, creates a maze. So basically, everyone's split up, and everyone's fighting organization members, and then Sora has to kind of navigate through this maze and fight each of those battles. Yeah. So each one of those moments were really cool. Um, I think that's... I wish I would have saved the game before that maze, mm-hmm. to just at least have a second save file so I can go through it again. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, each one of those moments were really cool. Um, that's where some of the spam stuff became a problem in some of those battles where you got attacked and then you didn't get to re-attack or defend yourself for another like 15 seconds um my favorite one of my favorite characters is the pink haired guy marluxia sure scythe dude Mm -hmm. he's like a spinny attack which is hard um but yeah each one of those they basically they're all i guess essentially they're that's their heartless or their nobody or something that gets destroyed so once that gets destroyed their main human form becomes a human again and essentially like thank sora for like releasing them they're like i i can feel again was essentially yeah most of them are like i'll see on the other side or yeah and then i when i zigbar like freaking commits suicide and it's <laughs> like holy shit it's got dark yeah but you just like he teleports up a building and then you just see him fall off the like walk off the back yeah and he, then like, you see his like guns disappear it's like Oh, well, yeah, so I guess basically we're in the end game his, now. His guns disappearing essentially signifies that he died. He died. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah, it was dark. Um, And then you get to the battle with 
you get through all those battles. Um, so let's just fast forward. You, you finally face Xehanort. You, de- you, you all defeat the Xehanort, Ansem, and yeah. And after you defeat form. him, um, then um, Terra, I think, is basically just saying like, "Give it up," you know, just stop. And um, then you get the band back together, and everyone shows up behind you. Yeah, it's very much like Order of the Phoenix when Harry. Or like Gandalf, <laughs> no, like when Dumbledore. Dumbledore fights Voldemort, Yen Sid, <laughs> and um, like Harry's like defending Voldemort or whatever out of his mind, and he says like I feel sorry for you because you'll never know love or friendship, and like Hermione and you know, all the friends are like watching it happen. That's kind of like what happened then. Like Kyrie, Riku, Axel, everyone's like shows up, yeah, and he's just defeated Xehanort, um, and. Master Arrakis, like... No, 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 we skipped way too far. Oh, it doesn't matter, dude. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, so you skipped, like, one of the scenes that should matter the most. Like, you show, after you defeat Ansem and Xemnas or whatever, Xehanort's other forms, then he's standing on top of a cliff with, like, a circle of keyblades around him from all the players that you killed. Oh, that was pretty sweet. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we're missing one, and just flat out slices Kyrie's back and she explodes into like ice <laughs> it's like oh shit and then freaking Sora was like oh no and then everyone's cool like they had zero reaction like imagine Lauren's floating with an old dude and someone stabs her in the back and she disappears you think people would cry about that for a little bit probably but, like the reactions to like um freaking Kyrie dying when the first game was literally everyone chasing after Kyrie's, like Riku turned to the dark side to find Kyrie, mm-hmm. Sora absorbed Kyrie's soul to protect Kyrie, and then he sees her die in front of him and explode, and they're like, "You want to get some freaking Denny's?" Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I guess we care, give little shits about her. Yeah. And then I guess he opens up the Keyblade and gets a Keyblade. Like the actual X Keyblade, and it looks awesome. Like it's just glowing and yellow. And then you, you're like, oh, let's trap him in a portal. And then you actually transport him to like his favorite place in the world. Some like just cool, like awesome, like resort essentially. Yeah, the resort, like where the um the dandelions were. Sure. So like the, yeah, that's more back story shit, but. One of the four prophets went off and formed the Dandelions, which are like Keyblade users who didn't want to fight in the war. Mm -hmm. So this is basically the hub of all the Keyblade users. And it's just a giant floating cities, like islands. And then you get attacked by the 13 people. And then freaking Xehanort shows up and turns into a goat. Yeah. When I was like, dude, did you fight his goat? I just beat his goat for him. You're like, what are you talking about? I was in like a really like meeting that I, coming away from the meeting, like I I had like a million things added to my to-do list. And I was just like, oh gosh. And I looked at my phone you said, and you just like, just beat goat for him. I'm like, (laughs) you beat goat for him. Is that supposed to go to like a female friend or something? Like what, what, what is that? I just transformed into my goat form. (laughs) I'm ready for you to come over now. Like. Enter in the goat. <laughs> like, what the heck is no, going on? No, uh, yeah, so... He basically puts on a goat mask and, like, fights you as a goat. 
And then, like, you break his goat mask, and then you oh, fight, like, man. actual Xehanort with a keyblade. And that's where you get the spammy shit. Um, and then you beat him, and then you're like, come on, Xehanort. Like, <laughs> this is one of those, like, there's zero reaction to, like, literally for the seven games of Kingdom Hearts. This is the main villain. And, like, at the end, Sora's like, hey, come on, can you stop? Yeah. And then, like... Tara turns out that he's his old best friend, and then he's like, "Yeah, here, take my keyblade." Yeah, and, and then they like, ascend into light. <laughs> yeah, and you're just... like, "Dude, this guy has literally murdered thousands of kids in the Keyblade War. Like, he's been the grand like enemy, killing people through ages." And then we're like, "Hey, <laughs> dude, you want to cut it out?" It's like going to the freaking Taliban and be yeah. like, "Dude, Osama." You did some shit that we didn't like, but yeah. let's sing Kumbaya and get out the s'mores we and let's have, have a good time. Tea yeah. Or whatever, some flan. <laughs> and uh, we'll chill at Arendelle or the Corona Land. <laughs> and so, like, he ends up, he's like, oh, he sees the error in his ways and ascends into life with his pony tailed friend. Yeah. And that's essentially it. Yeah. And. <laughs> Well, then, because, like, then everyone's just, like... They we're like, oh, shit. Oh, do, do we forget that uh, Kyrie, Kyrie just, just got murdered? <laughs> like, well, then, because, like, Don and Goofy and Mickey, like, go back to the kingdom, and everyone else is like, well, we're gonna go chill at Destiny Islands. And Sora's <laughs> like, well, I'm going to look for Kyrie because no one else wants to help me. Well, like, you're supposed to feel better because after she burst into ice, like, Zion was like, hey. Shion. Shion. She's like... I feel like she's okay. It's like <laughs> legit her words. Like, dude, don't worry. I feel like she's okay. It's like, are, did you see this? Like, did we were we witnessing the same shit? And yeah, so then so I was like, hey, you know how we were? I was a team player for the last like seven games. I'm gonna do it alone. A little solo project. And then like it shows Kyrie and Sora on Destiny Islands and you're like, oh, they're finally eating star fruit together, doing the deed. <laughs> and they're, they're like sitting looking over the sun and she like there's a tear that rolls down her eyes. And then Sora just evaporates. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, I guess he lost and And then we saw two back. sons of Tatooine and <laughs> Luke's force ghost shows up. And then his like burned parents cause stormtroopers arrived. <laughs> so yeah, whatever happened to Sora's parents? Do we ever, like, were they just oh. abandoned on an island? Do we ever address that? <laughs> we're not going to even go into that. So, yeah, I guess that's how it ends. Yeah. it was Sora disappeared, and, yeah. Yeah, it was very odd. <laughs> Normal Kingdom Hearts stuff. <laughs> like, like, everything's going so well, and then the last three hours is just, like, the Twilight Zone. <laughs> like, what? You're really... I was watching a review, and it was basically saying, like, you feel like you've been playing t two totally different games. Like, one has no plot for the first 27 hours, and then you get to the last three hours, and it feels like you're actually playing a game. Mm -hmm. Like, not that doing time is the right expression, but, like, having no plot, you're going through these worlds and going through Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., and Betamax's world, and, like, just all of that, and then... Shit hit the fan. Like, people are getting murdered left and right. Like, dudes <laughs> committing suicide. <laughs> and you're like, cool. And then all of a sudden, you're like, what? Like, what happened? Like, Zora is, 
Like, Zora. Sora is clear, like, collecting multiple personalities of himself. <laughs> and then, like, he watched his friend get murdered. No tears are shed. Like, more tears were shed when the guy woke up. Like, Vexen or Zex... <laughs> dude who looks like Sora Donner and the other and guy. Blitzen. <laughs> yeah. Freaking Rudolph woke up. <laughs> and Aqua's like... Cool, I've missed you. I know you were in a coma for 10 years. I was in hell, like, being devoured by darkness. His name's Ventus. Whatever. Ventus, Sora, and other guy, Roxas, are literally the same character (laughs) in just three different bodies. And, like, we're not even going to, like, should we even address that they had, like, puppet dolls that they just started chucking people's soul in so that, that we can get multiple characters back yeah like zion is a freaking puppet yeah like blonde girl blonde Kyrie, she's a puppet who's riku's going after yeah yeah like the i guess the entire thing that you're chasing is maleficent and big fat guy yeah let's let's back up are trying to get second. a box yeah so earlier in the game particularly like in Olympus and a few other areas, you'd get a little brief cutscene with Maleficent, one of the original villains in Kingdom Hearts 1, and Pete um, from Disney fame, of course. They're looking for uh, what's described as just a box. You have no idea what's in the box. You don't know where it's from, its origins, what power it possesses, or what's in it at all. You have to play... the. uh, I guessed it like maybe five hours in. You have to play the balloon game. With, like, the prophets, like, the really old one, the mark, the one with the people who have masks on, like, they're going to a masquerade ball, and they have, like, sheep masks. Sure, balloon game, context, what game, what, what, what are you talking Is it the Mark of Max- Mastery one? Oh, the, the three, okay, Dream Drop Distance. Sure, yeah, that's the one that sh- describes all the prophets and things. Could be. And, like, the no Master idea. of Masters. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe it's been so long since I played Dream Drop Distance, and I started playing it again on PS4, but never got through it again. Okay, so basically, the box is one literally no details for this box except for there's a box. But there were there's a master of masters who knows some shit. He created um, the four prophets, which is actually five people. They all have masks on. One of them he gives a the keyblade that Zaynor has, the one with the eye. Mm-hmm. And the eye is actually his ability. He can see everything that that eye sees or that Keyblade sees. And there's like a book of prophecy, which he doesn't let anyone see. But basically, he can time travel and he can see the future. And yeah, essentially, he knows that the Keyblade War is going to happen. And then he also gave the dude who he gave the Keyblade with the eye on it. Um, was it... What's Zigbar's other name? Doesn't matter. Whatever. The dude who turns... Zigbar turns out to be like a prophet. Mm-hmm. But he gave him a box that no one knows what's inside. And that's kind of like one of the final scenes. Um, and Maleficent and Pete have the box and they kind of just like walk away or whatever. Yeah, they have the um, Pandora's box in the thing. Essentially, yeah. Um, so let's get into the, the secret ending. So you need to do a number of things as you usually do. To unlock the secret ending. I didn't because I wasn't going to. I just wanted to see the ending. And I looked it up on YouTube. Do we want to talk about the actual, the first ending? Yeah. Wasn't it just those guys talking in like in a field in the Keyblade graveyard with the with the box? And then Maleficent yeah. and Pete were like on a cliff like looking over. 
Yeah, so basically, Zigbar turns out to be not just an Organization 13 member. He turns out to be one of the four prophets, um, four tellers, I think the four tellers, four tellers, which are like these ancient organizations from before the first Keyblade War, and the prophet, or he's basically the tellers of the Master of Masters. So essentially, equating this to Lord of the Rings, as we all should do, Master of Masters is equivalent to like the god character like okay eru iluvatar the main dude and then you have the four prophets which are like the velar where you have like the main dude with lord of the rings was it morgoth yeah so below morgoth you have like the angel class because those are like the god class then you have the angel class which is like gandalf or uh, saruman mm-hmm. so the organization 13 that we just saw was essentially just the angel class of characters. Now the next set of these characters are going to be those Valar like God type characters. Cause one, they've been alive for like a thousand years. So now shit's getting really real because it turns out that Xehanort was just small fish and this His brother Morgoth is about to like yeah, come to the Morgoth scene. is going to pop up and turn a real moon into another moon. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it turns out Zigbar is actually one of these prophets. He's actually really freaking powerful, and he didn't actually commit suicide. And he knew that the Keyblade War and he just want, was going to happen, and he just wanted to be an observer. So he was saying that like before he died in the end cutscene with Sora... That he's worthy of being a Keyblade wielder, and that his master was going to bequeath him with the sword. Okay. Which is that eyesword. Which is actually the one the Master of Masters gave to Zigbar. Oh my was gosh. the eye Keyblade. Sure. And, um, yeah, so he gets that back, and he's like, yeah, finally got this Keyblade back. And then he brings those dudes up, and it was like, other girl who was the st- person who started the um, Dandelions... She's off doing her own thing, which made it super ominous. Like, he's either going to, like, kill her, she's off murdering people, or, like, he murdered her. Like, it, it, I don't know. It makes you think that nefarious stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. My little <laughs> ridiculous voice cracks. Um, and then secret, <laughs> so that's the main ending after the credits. Secret ending. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, Sora and Riku wake up in what seemingly looks like Midgar from Final Fantasy VII, and they're like, have no idea what's going on, and they're like racing for the Boston Marathon for, again, no reason, and that goes on for like a minute and 30 seconds, and then like time slows down, and some hooded character is about to like Batman off of a skyscraper. Yeah, I mean, you're not super far off. So, this is where I have to actually pull up the internet. So, there is... It's called... The secret ending is called... Yazora. Yes. So, that is the name of... Yazora Rex was the name of the character that was in the video game that was played in Toy Story. Yes. So, you're teleported. I mean, Sora, you don't know what happens because he was... Last time you saw him, he disappeared when he was like holding hands with Kyrie mm-hmm. in the original ending. So um, I guess what they're theorizing is that the the power of awakening, which Mickey said was like 
don't misuse it because it could be bad. They're basically saying that this is a re, like the, uh, when you, you do, uh, what was it called? Rebound of using that power incorrectly to get Kyrie back. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically Sora was the one who went and got this rebound that was went poorly of using this and Riku went after him. That's why they're in two different places. Okay. But he's in Shibuya Square. Like that, if you look up, they, he actually has the five-way crossing. Oh, really? So he's actually in Tokyo. Japan. And then if you look at where Riku lands, the uh, Shinjuku government building is actually that tower. Really? But that tower is also the same tower in Final Fantasy XV that they're walking to with Noxus. Mm. And when not, or when Riku's walking down the sidewalk and you lo- it pans up and you see that building... It plays the same music that plays when Noxus and his gang walk up to that building in Final Fantasy XV. That character who's on the building that's overlooking Riku is the um, Yazora from the video game. Yeah. Which they were basically doing... All the characters in that trailer in Toy Story was were all related or... Basically, there was a Final Fantasy Versus, 13 Versus or 14 Versus or whatever that was canceled. Mm-hmm. And the same dude was working on this. But they're theorizing that the next game is going to be really Final Fantasy um, oriented and kind of a new saga of that. And that's the main character in that video game. But they're thinking they did a kind of all the characters that they showed are a Abomin, not abomination, a combination of multiple um, Final Fantasy fifteen characters. So like, Yuzora is Noxus, the mm-hmm. Noctis, Noctis, yeah, and then um, Lunfea is that like main girl character in that trailer, and like the red haired guy was a combination of some other dudes, but they're basically saying. It's going to be more Final Fantasy focused. And then when it shows the dude in the hooded figure looking at the moon, he walks the same way that all the cutscenes have showed the Master of Masters. So wow. now that Xehanort, like with his hands behind his back like yeah. this, um, which is kind of how Xehanort walked, but yeah. it's actually the same way that Master of Masters walked. Interesting. So, so we're about he to walks get up, really crazy. So now we're in the God tier. We're like... Shit's about to get real, and what we saw with Xehanort was just small. Child's play. Just, yeah. he It's weak. And then he looks up at the moon and does his, like, fingers around the moon. He's like, yep. hey, maybe it can turn a real moon into a heart moon. Because that's how gravity works, I guess. And, yeah. Then they also show a chess scene of... Um, like, Sora shirtless, just... Yeah, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> Then he just goes to Pound Town. <laughs> okay. I, they're like 14. So like, um, so it, show, it, it goes back to the chess. Because throughout the game, you're seeing Xehanort and Ponytailed Guy um, playing chess. And before, it's like they're metaphorically like equating what's happening in that chess mask to the story events of the 13 darknesses and the seven lights and... Like, don't underestimate the lights and all that bullshit. So what they said at the end was like, hey, I heard of this new game. 
and he puts the chess pieces up that seven darknesses which they all if you look at the top of each one of those chess pieces each one of those figures is related to one of those tellers mm. like the types of masks yeah they relate to each one of the masks and the main one was the master of masters like figurehead wow and then he puts down one light piece and he's like here let me show you and you don't know how many lights there are going to be so it could just be two lights it could be like six lights, which would be um, Sora, Riku, like the... Um, Aqua Terra Ventus. No, not even those characters. Like we leave them back on Fantasy Island or Destiny Island. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is a new set of characters with like the red and blue eyed guy, like heterochromia dude, <laughs> the red haired guy in the trailer, like all of those Yavora Rex sure. characters being the new lights getting oh into that gosh. saga now that Sora and Riku are in a different dimension or world. So yeah, shit's getting real. Uh, <laughs> they're, we're about to hit the master of masters. It looks like final, not final fantasy. Uh, Kingdom hearts four is going to be a thing. Hopefully it's not 30 years from now. Yeah. Hmm. So, but it looks like it's going to parallel final fantasy 15 and the canceled versus game. Yeah, Final Fantasy XIII. Because they're versus... drawing a lot of it, even like musically, which you can appreciate. They yeah. have very similar. Look it up. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I think we've talked Kingdom Hearts 3 to death, just yeah. like Kyrie. <sighs> I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Like, they just <laughs> murdered the main girl. Like, the love interest of our main character, which you're like, dude, is she going to eat my fruit? Like, <laughs> no, because she just exploded. Uh oh well, what are you gonna do? We'll we'll wait for Kingdom Hearts four in thirty seven years. Yeah. Um. Well, we want to thank all of you for fine folks out there for listening to the Otaku Brothers podcast for as long as you have, or if you're a new listener, well, we appreciate that too. So, Ryan, I wouldn't ask. I, I'd like to ask him, but I know he's not going to tell me uh, the right answer. So you can write into the show at Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at re lewis two thousand eleven, where I post updates about the show. Um, when we're recording, when we're not recording, and topics and all that fun stuff. You can also hop on the Discord, get in on the fun discussion. Links in the show notes below. Ryan and I will be back next week to theorize what we can expect for Star Wars Episode Nine. revisit our thoughts about The Last Jedi, and um, all that fun stuff. So if you have any Star Wars-specific questions, please, by all means, write into the show, get on the hype train, or if you're just completely... Uh, done with star wars tell us why yeah boycott all the way that's right that's right uh but ryan any final parting words uh play kingdom hearts um i think you'll enjoy it mm-hmm. um just prepare for some crazy <laughs> i think the normal if you've made it this far you've we've you know spoiled the entire game yeah that's right but yeah um There's crazy spiky hair yep crazy spiky hair all right thank you all for listening and we will see you all next week See ya. Later.